Motorcycles and Misfits here at the Recycle Garage in sunny Santa Cruz, California. You guys used to join me on that one. What, you just leave me hanging out now? Yeah. yeah. Oh, you, like, know. you know what you're doing. And it actually was sunny today, too. Yeah, not smoky. It's not nice smoky, thing. not anything. Um, before Knock yells at me, let me get to who's in the room today. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, joining us after a long hiatus, we've got Charlie. Medical insurance is great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking awesome. Knock, are you buzzed? No, not yet. I'm starting. Really? Oh How many beers have you had? This is my first one. Thank you. How about you? Lightweight. <laughs> How about those, those, those things that you found? Uh, we'll get to All right. Yes, coming yeah. up next, we've got Knock. Hi. How are you guys doing? And hey, this is Liza, and I took a mystery pill. Mm-hmm. Uh, you literally took you a mystery pill. You licked a bit of the powder from the mystery pill. You didn't actually take one. Running the board Parking tonight. We've got Bagel. We are Stardust. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> On the classy girl couch tonight, and bringing the class is Miss Emma. Hello, darlings. And we are golden. Indeed. <laughs> Uh, also joining us, we've got Micah. Showers. Yo, yo, wiki, wiki. <laughs> there it is. Knock. I cannot believe you just... How many minutes are we into the podcast? And you're reducing it to golden showers already. <laughs> That's standard operating procedure, baby. That's how we do it. Good Lord. <laughs> well, we can only go up from here because we've hit the bottom. No, there is no. That's right. Oh, no, the I think we can keep falling. Point. <laughs> the, the bottom will drop out eventually. Yeah. Also exactly. on the classy girl catch tonight, <laughs> we've got Z. What's up? Coming around on the train side of the room, we've got Henry. Hey, what's up? And then over there, getting the stink eye from me. <laughs> We've got Theo. Leave the gun, take the cannolis. Yeah. That's a good movie, man. And I hear more voices, so there may be more people joining us. <gasps> oh, there's Jim. There he is. There, in hey. fact, he is. He's, back from He's walking like he's sore as fuck. Hell no. He's, yeah. he's back from <laughs> Mojave. Like nice. Yeah, all that working out, you know. Well, uh, get you situated, uh, Jim. And meanwhile, we want to get an update because... Um, I think it's pretty cool that we have followed Micah from being a, a pillion yes. to being a new rider to starting to take classes, getting more confidence, to getting a bigger bike. And now, Micah, you've, you've ba, gone ba, to the ba. next level. Actually, you surpassed a lot of people who haven't done this yet. Mm-hmm. What did you do? I did my first track day. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, you yeah. did. What did you guys do it with? Uh, we went to Z2 track days. Awesome. We went to Thunder Hill, um, nice. which was amazing. Oh, Thunder Hill. Fun track. And uh, that was my first. <laughs> it was Charlie. The is first all... time I was really comfortable on the new FZ6R, um, right. which mm. was amazing, too, uh, because we just recently got that and we had just put new suspension on it. So I hadn't gotten a real chance to get comfortable in the turn. So that was a good addition. Comfortable to as in like uh, the way the bike feels or ergonomics or just finally clicking in with the bike. 
more clicking in with the bike. Um, yes. I was comfortable in a straight line and can go very fast in a straight <laughs> line, which is very exciting, but was not <laughs> super comfortable in the turn. So mm -hmm. that was a great uh, thing for the weekend. That was really my goal for the weekend. Now, Micah, um, Z2, that's our old friend Antonio, isn't it? Yes. So yes. I've done, um, it's really cool because I've been with Z2 from the, from the beginning of my riding career. I did the road rider class within like a month of me starting to ride. And then I did the road rider class another two times in the last two years. Um, and then finally I was like, okay, I just need to stop this and do an actual track day. So even though I was terrified, um, I finally did it. And the first session, the lead session, I was like, I don't know. I don't know if I'm really meant to go very fast. I don't mm -hmm. know about this track day thing. And then when I had my first solo session, was like, okay, okay, yeah, I got this. Yeah, it's cool when you don't have the pressure of other people yeah. around you, that you could just focus on what you want to do. You don't have anything or anybody in front of you or behind you, just fucking with I mean, you or it's whatever. a lot more relaxed than people think it yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, I thought I was doing a really great job throughout the whole thing, and Sarah Pretlesky was there, and I got off the track, and she's like, don't worry, you're not the slowest one. <laughs> it's like, ah, cool, <laughs> thanks. Yeah. So, like, A, I am jealous, because I've not done a track day, and I saw a picture of you, like, silhouetted out on the track, and I'm like, oh, I'm so stoked for you, and jealous at the same time. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't done my them. first track day yet, either. Yeah, but I'm curious, like, one of the things I think about, like, not being ever, ever ridden a track, how do they kind of lead you into it? Like, do you get to follow someone that knows where the breaking yeah. points is? Because, like, if I could follow someone a couple of how does that yeah. work so the first um so i did c group of course um so you do the writers meeting and then the writers meeting is also the first lesson that you get so it's classroom and then you get your session on the track and mm -hmm. so um the first session on the track you are led by an instructor and then there's like two to four people in a group my group had four people um and so you go around and do a lap and then the person in the front right behind the instructors goes to the back behind the last person so everyone gets a chance to follow the instructor and see the lines for the track so what did they teach you in the classroom just the basics of the track flags and stuff what, what was that all about so each of the classroom sessions were really it was Really, once we got on the track, it was like question and answer as long as mm -hmm. possible. And then also some basic stuff about like turns one through four in the first session. And mm -hmm. then just talking about the individual turns and the best lines you can take. And then the last class of the day was body positioning, which mm -hmm. I found extremely helpful because I'm great with body positioning on my upper half. But getting off the bike at all with my lower half is terrifying. So that really got me to start looking into that. Cool. I remember when I did my first track day and you get behind the instructor and they take off. You're kind of nervous, but like... You're also like, I got this. But then you start to find that on certain tracks, you're going into corners that may be blind or off camber or something. And you're like, your instincts are like, oh, I should be slowing down. Mm -hmm. But you're like, no, no, I just got to trust. Just stay with them. Yeah. yeah. Then you start to learn there's no reason to worry because there isn't a wet manhole cover or a dead squirrel or gravel. Like, you start to completely trust there is nothing there even though you can't see where you're going and suddenly like it starts to melt away yeah absolutely with all the flag workers that was the thing i was most nervous about was not knowing all the different flags and like knowing what to do if i if there were different flags but like that is amazing to just have there be nothing and you know that you can ride through the turn and it's fine yeah what's up charlie oh i just want to specify that when you go out there, you you this. I mean, it'll vary for each organization, but yeah. usually you have an A group, B group, and C group. And C group is generally for you've never really ridden on a track, and it's very safe and yeah. comfortable for anyone getting out there on any bike. Yeah, and not all track organizations have classes where they have instructionals. Yeah. They'll have like track control riders, but they don't have 
actual live instructors to show you some stuff. So check your crack provider. Yeah, and Z2 specifically is really cool because they have the classroom sessions and you don't have to go to the classroom sessions after the first one. Mm -hmm. um, but on top of the classroom sessions, if you want to just grab an instructor, like getting on track and whatever, you can grab someone and work with them all day and work about specific things or just generally like, hey, can you help me out with my writing? And yeah. they'll work with you in the classroom and then on the track as well. Cool. So there's lots of opportunities for learning. Can you tell me um, what preparation you had to do to your bike? Because yours isn't a track bike. It's just a regular street bike. Yeah, absolutely. So I didn't really have to do anything much. Um, I saw on the website, um, I was nervous about that as well, um, that what they wanted was instead of coolant, use distilled water. Um, but that's not necessary. That's just recommended. Um, so if you do crash and get coolant everywhere, it's not the worst thing in, in the world um yeah. but then they also want you to have um a, all your lights taped over or your fuses taken out so i just taped over all my lights and they make sure that your brake lights aren't showing so it doesn't like distract other people on the track too but it was really really simple with that it wasn't a, a big deal at all yeah. and this will vary specifically to each organization and more specifically to each track I yeah. got a question for you. Did you keep turning on your turn signals when you wanted to get off the track? <laughs> yeah. I was uh, wanting to, but I had taped over my turn oh, signals, of course, too. To that's make smart. Sure. Yeah. You, that's yeah. smarter than I am, because yeah. I kept fucking doing that. But no, I always um, do that, too. I'm just going to back up for a second, because it, it this is something we need to talk about. For if, Oh, I'm going to go on the track. What I've been finding with some of the newer Triumphs, the Thruxtons and the T120s, they're taking them out on track days and of course the instructors are quite often saying quite rightly take your fuses out for the brake light and it puts the check engine light on mm. so if you're riding a late model triumph and i am fairly sure um the ducatis are going to be the same way before you pull the fuse for the rear brake light or even take the bulb out of the brake light just tape it over instead if there they'll you let go. you because these they've been putting on check engine lights so can you outline uh, what it took to get your just basically your day at the track you guys uh drove up what time and yeah showed up at the track and what so um thunder hill is about four hours away from here um mm -hmm. driving so we ended up going the night before um and we just celebrated our third anniversary so this was kind of an anniversary celebration well then as well. Wow. what um so we uh, stayed in a hotel the night before about half an hour away because all the hotels in willows were booked out yeah um and then drove the last half hour to the track in the morning at like six in the morning six thirty. um so we were there by seven um and then unloaded the bikes um and basically like got our gear ready to go and that mm. was basically it yeah. for the morning yeah um and then in the evening we camped out there so we, we had food um in, at the hotel for breakfast but then they also had a lunch there and they also had a dinner or a lunch that you could buy there um and then they had a dinner chili and beer thing that they oh, were giving everyone so this was two days um, no, it was just the just the one day. It was oh, okay. a two day celebration. So if you wanted oh, to go, okay. you could do a second day. We yeah. only did the one. Well, and fine. how much did it cost? Uh, it, it's gonna vary. Thunder Hill is usually like 180 bucks, 150. Yeah. If you do Sonoma, it's like 210, 230. I had um, they had the Z2 Road Rider class that I took most recently was um, 100 dollars off if you took that Road Rider class. So I specifically took that so I could get the discount yeah. for oh, the future track day. Nice. Yeah, that's cool. So how did this change your mindset on the street? Are you, do you, how did it change your riding? 
Um, so recently with the new bike, I have been a little uh, throttle happy, I'll call it, um, because <laughs> going from the GS500 and then riding only the Grom for a while, I was very, very happy to have a bike where I can do highway and go fast. Um, so it kind of let me get my fast bug out um, and really focus on, hey, I can do all the fast stuff in a safe place where it's like where there's nothing else going to be in the road. And I really need to like calm down on the um, street and focus on doing all the safety things that I was learning in class, all the body positioning stuff without doing all the quick things. Just go crash out on track hurts a lot less. <laughs> yeah, someone yeah. knows about that. I know about that very so, well. like when you're on track, uh, w- how long did it take for you to actually adjust to riding on a road that wide and with basically, you know, uh, braking wherever you want, essentially? And 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 you know, uh, what's it like to ride on the track the first time? How long did it take you to get used to it? So I've had um, with the road rider classes, you do get a track session in at least one in all of them, um, but that is lead and it tops out at like 65 miles an hour is like the top speed you're allowed to go mm-hmm. so this was a lot quicker yeah. um which was cool what was your top speed uh 97 in the wow. front straight nice. which was exciting cool. um, i had fun with that um but it, it's just it's so different um i thought that it would be very similar to what i've been doing on the street and even with the stockton little track but it's just so different it's hard to explain yeah um it's a lot of um i was watching other people for their um breaking and stuff and there, when there were similar people to me i could really decide like oh if they can do that and they're at a similar level to me i can probably do that too so that was cool yeah ain't nothing like big track <laughs> so you talked about the bikes you'd ridden before and one one thing i always was curious about on a track so the fc6 right you're riding which is an inline four which is a race motor you know you don't get a chance to really redline that thing and and really feel its personality when you're riding around town or on the highway right because i got one yeah. so what was it like like when you're in the straightaway and you're going through the gears and that inline four is humming at like 10 11 12, rpm it just has to be like a huge adrenaline. Dump. Yeah, thank you so much for bringing that up because that's something that I really noticed and talked to Charlie about. Charlie's always telling me that I have to be in my high up RPMs to really like feel the power of the bikes, but I'm always worried about that. Um, and with the Grom, that's super easy because if you want to go forward, you have to be at like 10k. Well, the Grom, RPMs. you're not gonna get the power <laughs> um, as high yeah, up. exactly. Um, but. I was realizing um, towards the end of my sessions, I was do- I was really in the high RPMs, um, and that was just like naturally like, oh, this is where the power is. This is where it's easy to mess with it and stuff. So I started cool. the day going around like I was uh, first, second, third, like going like. 30 or 40 but by the end of the day i was in like second and i was in lower gears so i could be in those high rpms and just feeling the difference and that's just kind of like a natural progression that i was cool feeling and dealing with so are you gonna do any more track days um i hope so it's very very expensive (laughs) um and i don't make a lot of money so that's something that i would love to do in the future i think that i'll be continuing to do a lot of little track for now but soon what did you learn about yourself as a as a writer and as a person and all that sh- uh, shit? Dude, that's heavy, knock. I that's know. Heavy shit, son. We, we Just <laughs> leave it as a writer. Yeah. We get introspective as fucking here. Totally. Oh. So I talk a lot about um, myself as like a slow writer, and that's kind of part of it. I think is like a protective thing because if I talk about myself as a slow writer, if other people talk about me as a slow writer, it's like oh, haha, whatever. Mm. Versus something that I could like feel bad about. Mm. Um, but I don't have to be, and I can continue to like learning this skill. Uh, um, is half fun and half skill um, and just continuing to 
uh, really focus on all of these like little tiny things um, is so helpful to the bigger parts. And like, if it doesn't matter if I'm going fast, it matters if I'm a good writer. And I do think I'm a good writer, um, but I can also I do have a lot of places to go with that. And so it gave, kind of gave me a direction to go for. Yeah, well, at your own pace, man. You know, yeah, and, and, well, and, and going fast, it's it's a skill, and it's not so much of like, oh, I just need to not be a pussy and just fucking do it because that's how you're going to crash and hurt yourself. It's a skill and anyone can learn how to do it. It just takes practice and determination and, you know, just going around. This reminds me of someone I met. He uh, bought a motorcycle, had it for a month across the country. He wrecked it. I knew he was going to because he was like, I just want to push my my skills. And I'm like, what skills? You haven't developed any yet. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just stoked because Mike looks happy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's all happy. So yeah, how was the uh, the endorphin rush? That's oh, awesome. Sorry, oh my god, amazing! Um, I was super worried. Last time I was on a track at Sonoma, it was my last um, road rider class, and uh, my GS five hundred broke down on the track, oh, and no. I got off the track. Bike runs like a champ. Buy it. <laughs> well, I got off the track, and I was just Runs so upset because we thought we fixed all the issues, and I cried in front of strangers, and like it was awful. <laughs> so being on There's the track, no crying and racing. Yeah, no crying in track <laughs> days. It's not a racing, it's a track name. Well, I got onto track and I was really nervous that I was going to have issues with the bike and mm. that I was going to be known as the person who eats breaking down on the tracks oh. from yeah. Z2. Don't worry um, about that. Yeah. There's, there's plenty of other dickheads that'll do yeah, that. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And it was all fine. Yeah, and that was like, great. that was half of the endorphins right there is just yeah. like, oh, good. It doesn't, or it actually works. It doesn't break down on me. Amazing. So, yeah. You, you'd say like a, a, one of the biggest, one of the biggest releases is it's kind of it demystified a little bit like the track riding thing is slightly demystified mm-hmm. yeah yeah and, and it's very accessible to do i learned to trust my bike and trust my tires a lot more than i thought that i would be comfortable with on that first real day of right pushing it with the bike you trust, about like, trusting going, tires trusting mm-hmm. about over, going over like blind turns like just believing that it's going to be there exactly yeah. yeah so would it be a bad idea for for us to have a misfits track day or would that just turn no. into a giant race well we could go out to stop Maybe. let's That'd do it fun. yes to all <laughs> Stockton will be the way to do yeah, it, dude. Bring all the little bikes. Stockton, it's like 20 bucks a person. Any race we do, got the keys. Any race we we do should a be in a cow pasture. That's the only safe <laughs> place for us. Yeah. Well, remember the last time we tried that, the cops got caught. Yes. Oh, <laughs> man. And more than one person got stuck. I remember, that. I remember that, that fun, very man. well. I oh, sh- when I was floating over the grass? <laughs> yes. <laughs> you got to race first, go crazy I, later. I couldn't kickstart my bike because I kept hitting the ground. Last time I was out with a bunch of meatheads, there was a it was a dirt bike meetup. Are you calling uh, a meathead? That must be not. <laughs> <laughs> not a, no one you guys know. It was out at the Stanislaus National Forest, <clears throat> and we got drunk and decided to have a mini bike race in a oh, dirt. That's great. Mm-hmm. Every one of us ate it. So, yeah. Micah, thank, 90, thank you for sharing that. It's so cool to see, like I said, yeah. it's super cool. your growth in motorcycling. And I'm wondering, because you've, you've done dirt, yes? Yeah, a little bit. She Ooh. needs dirt. You know, we need to do dirt. a little more dirt. I know. Well, I just hate it. No, you don't. Uh, no, you don't. I know. Dirt isn't for everyone. I I don't do dirt. I don't really enjoy it that much either. But so dirt's dirty, a great though, way to develop skills on a motorcycle that you wouldn't otherwise be able to practice. Right. Easily. Sounds good. Next yeah. weekend then. Yeah. 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 Well, we were already talking about it, weren't we, Liza? Yeah. Here's the other thing I'll say about Micah that we're not recognizing is is her learning curve as a rider has been like like this 
space shuttle. Oh, it's amazing. Hit a fucking wall, years, right? yeah, dude. But the other thing, if you hang around the garage, you'll notice her learning curve on wrenching is the same. I've seen Micah wrenching down here as much as anybody and getting Listen. frustrated and shit not running and Charlie trying to help, which is no help at all. <laughs> um, but, you know, so, but I will say that Micah des- deserves as much credit for wrenching as she does her well, writing. This yeah. is my territory. Keep it real here, son. And I'll, I'll tell you something about Micah from day one is she gets her hands dirty from day one. That's right. She gets stuck in. And from the very first time she brought her own bike home that we got that GS500, any job that needed doing on it, she'd get stuck in. She'd say, Emma, how do I do this? And I'd show her how to do this and just leave her to it. It's also when you don't have a choice. It's very got to fucking do it, man. That know? was an incentive. But yeah. yeah, I mean, it, it reality check for you, Mike. I mean, it, it the pride that us as misfits and me in particular have of what you've achieved in a relatively short space of time is amazing. Well, some could say that that was a a test of your your skills and writing abilities and some could also say that i took a test on <laughs> thursday night and passed as well did you oh, really wow. i did so our next topic are you an official toaster inspector now no <laughs> no cooler you can if pay you for knuckle boxing okay <laughs> she's cage it, fighting it's been a long time <laughs> since i've ridden in rain and that's because oh yeah okay. i usually am not planning on riding in rain i'm not a regular commuter i'm not right, getting right, caught right, out right. in rain uh in fact i don't have really good rain gear right now again I'm usually not going to be out in rain. I'm looking However, at you. Last time we did this, it hailed. <laughs> mm. However. That one's fun. I decided on Thanksgiving, since uh, it's rare I get to ride during the week, and I was going to my cousin's house about uh, about 100 miles away, that I was going to ride my bike there. And um, somebody said, you know, it might rain tonight. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'll be fine. <laughs> fine. Famous and last words. After Thanksgiving dinner, I stayed a little bit later because the kids wanted to play games with me, and and then I realized, oh no, it's starting to rain now. Wait, this is at night now. This is at night. Yeah. We haven't had rain for what, like two years now? Yeah, About it rained like almost the entirety of last week. Yeah, yeah, that was <laughs> no, definitely that was... the first rain of the season this week. So. I thought, well, I'll be fine. I did. I knew it might rain, so I brought some of my old, like, rain pants, and I got waterproof boots, and, yeah, and, you know, I got my big touring jacket. I've, I'll be fine. Yeah. Uh-huh. I can imagine how janky all <laughs> What bike were you was. on? My KTM SMT. Does that have a full windshield? Uh, some partial windshield, half windshield. Um, so... I realized pretty soon I was going to be in trouble because I had left all my gear out on the bike. Oh, <laughs> oh man. So I was starting out with Smart a wet man. jacket. Mm. Good job, yeah. Einstein. <laughs> you know, at least that, that provides clarity. You know exactly where you are at that point. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, it's called the start of hypothermia. <laughs> so I am a commuter and I, I rode every day. It rained last week four times a day. I didn't dry out for like the entire time it rained. Mm. So I took off riding and realized as I was trying to navigate out of the neighborhood that I've only been in once um, that it was hard to see because my (laughs) face mask was, well, 
I have some of the no fog on the face mask, but my glasses would fog up if mm-hmm. I closed the yep. face mask. Mm. Yep. So just trying to get out of the neighborhood and realizing like I'm having trouble seeing like stop signs and and the turns and stuff. <clears throat> navigated out and got into traffic and I'm like okay I'm now I'm like in two lanes and I, there's a lot enough cars I could follow and this is the first rain of the season right yeah so all the oil and shit oh, yeah. On the oh road. yeah this is like the worst time and to be and on I'm sitting there like thinking about that ever. the whole time too yeah. right and um but I had to keep my face shield open a crack uh, or else my glasses of fog yep. but as soon as I got up to like 30 miles an hour the misty rain just coated my glasses yep. just came up in so now i'm riding blind <clears throat> and i'm just looking for i know i have to go down this road and i'm just looking for the freeway entrance but i don't know which side like it's like four lanes i'm on you know four lane road mm-hmm. i don't know which side the entrance is so i'm like i'm gonna play it safe i'm just gonna be on the right side because i'm yeah. go- kind of going slow you're waiting for a couch or something yeah exactly you know? and i see like the big green signs ahead i'm coming up to the freeway and i see sucks, dude. southbound left left side mm. so i'm like ah, damn it so was i kind of hey, i look wait. what was your pace a little bit slower than usual though i mean like i was keeping with the flow of traffic i was more concerned was, okay. with staying with the flow of traffic so yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. and knowing you um <laughs> what kind of shape are your tires in these are the tires I bought for the cross country trip, so I knew I had good tires. Okay. And um, so I know I have now I have to go across four lanes. So I just look over my shoulder just to check, and I'm going across the lanes. And as I'm doing this, I realize I'm now going through a red light. Oh no! Because <laughs> oh. <laughs> I couldn't see where the stop limit line was or anything. Yeah, that's so a I'm now like into the intersection but this is where abs brakes are awesome Mm -hmm. because i was able to just kind of grab brake oh you did you braked i grabbed the brake and stopped and just stood there and kind of waved the cars around me oh man (laughs) like sorry waving at him sorry that's a good endorsement because when i heard you saying that i'm like you you got no choice but to go so you stopped at a reasonable distance were you how far were you in the intersection oh like 15 feet into the intersection maybe okay but you were in in line of traffic, would you say, or kind of just a little ways? No, because everyone was uh, no. <clears throat> there, yeah, I, 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 cars were able to go around me easily. That's cool, man. That could have been bad, dude. It could have been bad, but it was one of those things where you're just blind. And then I got on the freeway, and it just got worse. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Higher speeds That's and rain nice. just just amplifies it well you know and, when your and, glasses fog up you're kind of hosed right or when there's well and then when they're covered in rain, in rain so rain the plan hosed. is um you just get behind a car and just follow the brake lights and yeah. hopefully yeah. they're not led brake lights dude right led and I've LED suck i've had a uh, a riding experience in the rain in oklahoma where i was riding with a th- uh, um, plane's thunderstorm for four hours mm-hmm. we were together uh, i couldn't see forward so i was riding using the lines that I could see like, yeah. by my foot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I just kept on going and I had thoughts in my mind like, should I stop and just get like an Uber? No. You know, or just should I just stay here? Like, what risk am I taking? But then I also kind of felt like, you know, a good rider should be able to ride in in rain like this it's kind of like that's where the fun is well yeah you know and I, i'm like this, this is a, this is a challenge so it is relative though right it's so as as it works out good i remembered an email that went around recently in our group that has riding in rain and advice and i had only skimmed across it but the one thing that i remembered from this email was trust your tires more than you think you should. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that even though you yeah. do have 
reduce traction in the rain. You have much more than you think you have. Yeah, there's, I've been on 17 in the rain where I've gotten like sprayed with a fire hose by trucks. And as long as you just well, chill the fuck out, relax. Right. Look where you think the line is and trust the bike. It's amazing how well they do. Exactly. Yeah. And and I could feel myself just getting soaked. So I I I just remembered like I'm just gonna trust I'm gonna trust my tires. I'm just not going to worry about that. And the next thing I knew is I had heated grips. <laughs> and that saves your bacon when you're soaked and riding on the freeway. Yep. Heated grips makes world of difference because your hands aren't going to go numb and you have hand guards too and the right? other thing uh yeah i have hand guards That's but one too. i was trying to find my hazard light but i was blind i literally mm. couldn't see my controls and i couldn't remember on this bike where it was so i just kept kind of feeling all over my my <laughs> lever grips on and the around KTM, on the KTM, KTM. that's a bad idea <laughs> and then i remembered it's on the dashboard how long were you riding like that for <clears throat> about two hours oh good lord wow so i put my hazards on so then I felt like I'm probably the most visible thing on the freeway right now. So I don't have to a worry about misnomer. I really don't have to worry about the other cars so much. All I have to well. worry about is me staying in my lane and not rear ending anyone. Did you just <laughs> say you don't have to worry about cars driving in the Bay Area? <laughs> With my hazards on I felt like I was pretty visible. Well, you know, it but seems here, like is you controlled what you were able to control. But here's the thing. I just, I felt very calm and somewhat comfortable in that. Knock, you have that article that I brought up. What are some of the other great tips in there for riding in the rain? So um, some of the primary key tips are uh, the key to riding rain is smoothness, yeah. slower, yeah. less aggressive acceleration, yeah. longer, steadier. Yeah. Stops and taking corners slowly and smoother than you would yes. nor- normally right. go on a dry pay- on dry payment. Uh, sh- now, before we go any further, there is actually a formula to this, and the formula was actually developed in the in the trucking industry. Um, <clears throat> and when you're in rain, you have about fifty to sixty percent of the traction you have on a dry pavement. Actually, no, they're saying, what's it, like 90%? No, it's way less than that. Well, this is, that might be numbers for the trucking world. But there, it's, right. there is a formula. Right, but this is a point they said that a motorcycle actually would have better traction in the rain than a car because of the shape of the tires. Let's a car tire is flat and is more likely to hydroplane. Well, it's all, it's all down to actually the pattern in the tire. Mm. And if you look at the tread... In a tire, you've got big tread and you've got little tread. And the little tread is called siping. And what siping, its only job is to dispel water out of the tread. Because if you can't dispel water out of the tread, you start hydroplaning. And that is scary shit right there. Yeah. So how, uh, how so much does it matter contact patch size? Does contact patch well, size it's matter? It's all about getting all that water away. And this is where... Higher pressure is important. Yep. Absolutely. Do you want to have low pressure or high pressure riding in the rain? Honestly, okay, wait, sorry, go ahead. No, I. Yeah, you're, high pressure. You're, you're going to want to have pressure. higher pressure. Look, it, yeah, you want to move that water. You want to run, run your recommended tire pressure for the weight you're using. The minor differences in tire pressure, 10 pounds, 5 pounds, it's kind of somewhat irrelevant. Uh, regarding street tires because the idea is you're supposed to ride at a pace where that's kind of doesn't, doesn't even really matter. You know, right, you're not you, riding the bleeding edge but that you, you require like Well, if your you, tires are too pounds. low, you can hydroplane easy. Yeah, yeah, you don't. Yeah. But what's too low? I mean, like 20 pounds? Yeah, you don't want to well, have 20 pounds uh, in your ask, tire to begin Ask with Electric anyways. Terry then. <laughs> you know what I mean? So. But, so, um, what are some of the other tips in there? Not Are there uh, any good tips? 
because I was able to just kind of remember that and by just staying calm right. and ride. And the okay. only issue I had is every time somebody would hit their okay. brake lights and I had no <coughs> uh, depth perception, so I didn't know like how fast they were stopping. Okay, yeah. That's because you could only see like 20 feet yeah. in front of you. <laughs> Always have good tires on your bike, which is important. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess and that does, doesn't just either. mean good tread. That means a good quality tire Um, like a good all-weather tire you don't want to run a race a racing slick basically that's not going to do well in the rain you know so i know charlie rides like a motherfucker in the rain what what are you running right now in your i really like the michelin pilot road fives i I think or the fours what's on mike the fc6 i put the five on the the michelin pilot road five is an excellent rain tire all those are fucking great rain tires angel gts who else is doing the pilot roads I have them. Yeah, yeah. fucking badass yeah. tires. I got. Yeah. I mean, I got thirty thousand miles. Diablo Rosa twos, which is not a range. And tire, you could chug to a Make rice, sure they're within the wear bars. I, are there yeah. more tips than they're not? Yeah, it's some simple lightweight high vis gear to keep yourself right. visible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and it helps too in this modern age to have a weather app on your phone. Essentially, just be informed of what the fuck's going right. on. Yeah, which is actually probably more. But you know, there's no else. escaping the fact that those of us who have to wear glasses are very much at a disadvantage. I wonder if so, there's a thing like a pin true. lock for glasses. That'd be really right? cool. Like a, l- right. a little thing. Just anti-fog glass. wipe so. the glasses. Because I'll jump on what, what Mike is saying is, and I feel for Liza, is two things. One is that rain shit you can put on your visor, right? Uh-huh. And I do it every day in the wintertime. Just whatever. So. But the second thing is pin lock visors are the shit. But yes. if you have glasses, it doesn't do anything for you, which is too right. bad. And, and the other option they have here, just wait it out. And and it makes sense because this is written by uh, Bike Bandit, which is in Southern mm-hmm. California. And California in general, while we don't have freezing rain like my friends in Texas, where you physically cannot ride a motorcycle because there's no traction on the ground. Right. And so I have be done aware that before. What's going on? Yeah. Freeway overpasses are good for that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, it being at night, um, I just found, like I said, staying calm, trusting that they could see me with my hazards on, trusting that my right. tires were going to do the job, and I rode home without any issue. So how are those nuclear powered? fucking fog lights you have and having uh, fog are, lights for so, but yeah that helped on 17 right. i bet it did because that's when, when you're in the twisties because i come over <laughs> 17 at night and it could i mean motorcycle headlights suck mm, they the do. Rain, when your glasses are all wet it's gonna I mean, suck a lot i guarantee you all our listeners in england right now are sniggering because mm. if you don't ride in the rain in england you ain't riding yeah yeah and all so you, you yeah but riding at night In the rain is a... The thing I remember the most... I don't ride in the rain as much as I used to. Um, I I still commute every day on my bike, and sometimes it rains, but I've only got a 10, 15-minute commute, so that's not bad. But the thing I remember the most about riding long distance in the rain back there is just you've got to be smooth. You don't necessarily need to be slow, but you've got to be smooth. Smooth as fast, really got to ratchet back. (laughs) No jerky acceleration. No grabbing the brake. Relaxed arms. Relax. Just take it smooth. So, uh, I got a story of me not riding in the rain the other day. I opted out to just wait it out and go the next day. Smoke weed every day. Well, yeah, I wish. That free bag of weed that we found. Um, <laughs> we'll get there. So I have a, I'm on a Superhawk and actually have like sport tires on there. I mean, they're in decent condition, but um, like leaving yesterday, or not yesterday, but uh, the first day of the rains, uh, just the day before Thanksgiving, 
I was actually getting wheel spin, and, and my front end was pushing, right. coming on uh, on the on ramps, and I wasn't even pushing hard because I knew it was going to be raining. But I just realized it was like, you know what? This was like literally two hours after you know it rained. On your super, I mean, yeah, there the are Hawk. damn, there and, are um, bikes that are better than others. Yeah, and the Super Hawk. I so would light. say, <laughs> Super Hawk. TL one thousand. Yeah, it's a does not equal good rain ride. Yeah, I mean, no they, man, it's a fun ride. Well, I mean, what it was is like it was fun wheeling and stuff, or like wheel spinning. But like, I decided, like, dude, my gloves are wet, right. and I'm just gonna wait it out until yeah. tomorrow. I, I'd so. like to point out that the new voice you're hearing is Isaac, who has joined us. Hey, hey. hi, hey, hello, darling. Um, but speaking hi. of gloves, that was something I've. It's been a while since this has happened to me. I mean, I, I was everything was soaked through. Even my waterproof yeah. boots were soaked down into the insoles. I think everything just drips down. But the next day, my hands were black. You know the great thing about waterproof boots? When the water gets in there, it doesn't go anywhere. Yeah, <laughs> it yeah holds my, it as much as it keeps my, my hands were dyed from the gloves. No, nice. they were oh, yeah, black. They turned black. Yeah. 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 Exactly. I'm actually I'm gonna get something for that because I'm gonna be commuting over 17 all winter through yeah. the rain. I'm gonna get those like those those handguard covers. I've used those. Oh. They're amazing. Awesome. They keep you warm and do it. I've heard yeah. of, there's a tip. They're like they 40 have. bucks. There's yeah. a tip they have for uh, riding in the cold. If you wear the latex gloves under your gloves, those would also keep your hands. That were well, I, I just want my my overall gloves to stay dry. I'm gonna do the I, things that it's like these big booties that go over yeah. your yeah, yeah, hand yeah. grips, and then you uh, put your hand. They're like snowmobile. I remember things. when I first started riding, I used uh, dishwasher gloves <laughs> over my normal gloves <laughs> to keep my gloves dry. Nice. You know, with, with the heated grips, it made the <laughs> difference. It didn't matter that I was wet. I never really got that cold because I had so many layers right. on that even though you're wet, it kept my core temperature warm and my hands were warm. And I got wet dick, though. That's what made me really... <laughs> oh, no I was thanks. about halfway... You got I was, We all wanted to hear that. You got popsicle dick. I was, uh, yeah. I was that I made it to the summit. Well, yeah, yeah, I made it to the summit. I'm like, ah, oh, my hands are a little relatively you're, wet. You're my not boots a... are trying to get wet. And I was like, oh, my dick is wet. No, thank you. Oh, <laughs> yes. Straight Just back home. That. That's a great yeah, segue. Yeah. I wanted yeah. to um, say... That's a great I, segue. I, I ride to class all the time, including in the rain. class Monday? Yes. Yeah. Great. We're going to be lots of writing. Um, so a big thing is uh, wet gear sucks, but damp gear is like the worst thing in the world. Yeah. And I usually wear my gear all the time, so I'm not going to be doing that this rain season. I have a top case now, which I'll be putting all my gear in while Good I'm job. in class. Mm-hmm. Um, but a cool thing is bring an extra set of clothes just in case if mm-hmm. you can, if you have the ability to. It's great to have like just an extra shirt or something to change into uh, so you're not just like sitting in damp shit all day. Oh, it sucks. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, I mean, if you've got a top case, have a have a spare t-shirt, have a spare pair of knickers, and an old beach towel. Socks. If another another got, pair of shoes. If you've got Socks. the real estate for it, just an old beach towel and a spare pair of stuff, and so you can towel yourself off in the ladies' room, put on dry stuff, it's a formula for a lot better <laughs> last, day. Well, last I checked, I only had used underwear in my top case. Nasty. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> and, the, and it wasn't yours. Um, <laughs> Charlie, Charlie had a good point, though, when I was talking about the story. He's like, yeah, I want to go do a track day in the rain, get better at riding in the rain. So... I mean, I guess they don't call track days if it's raining. They keep going, nope. right? It, it depends. It depends. Yeah. It depends on the track. Depend. It depends on the track. Depends on the organization. Yeah. 
sometimes the rubber greases out and it's it, yeah. it's basically unrideable. But yeah, largely. Well, I mean, with if you have proper like racing rain tires, I mean they're dragging knee out there. So I mean, it's yeah. a great place to become confident in what you can do in the rain. And you watch what the guys do in Ireland, man. Oh, they yeah. race like demons in yeah. the rain. They, they and then on the other hand, they called off the British GP because of rain this year. Right oh, after, yeah, they, after there's a there's an amazing high speed motion clip of uh, I think it was one of the Suzuki riders like Rins or somebody on you see it was the it's the only good use of that like butt camera I've ever seen they put on the tail of the bike and you, he's coming in he starts hydroplaning yeah, at like 150 miles YouTube an hour page. and then and then he just steps he just steps off of the bike at 100 oh, you yeah. can wow. see him he like tries the brakes nothing tries again nothing he's like well i'd rather not hit a fence at 150 miles an hour <laughs> yeah. yeah so he just calmly climbs off the bike and drops onto the ground <laughs> wow. it's amazing so yeah so riding in the rain just trust your bike more and stay calm and how cool is that and you know yes you can have rain gear you can all have all that but you, if if rain wants to get in it's going to get in it'll find a way <laughs> it's the crotch it, it, it will find every crack flaw. in your gear. No, yeah, the, the crotch is the fatal flaw. It will no, it find its way to the crotch. You know the 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 trick that I found to prevent the wet crotch is if if especially if you have a one piece rain suit, is when you sit down on the bike, you pull up the the pants part as high, as high as it'll go, and you'll have like this flap of material, extra material like around your belly. You have to kind of pull that up and flap it down forward over your crotch so that the water will run down mm-hmm. across over the the belly Just and. Buy an arrow up. stitch. We can do that too, yeah. Yeah, just drop 1300 bucks on an <clears throat> arrow rocket. stitch. Oh, we settled. Yeah. I dropped 45 bucks on a zip up garbage bag from Cycle Gear. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Dude, it works like a bomb. I put my, my waterproof gear on first, then I put on the zip up garbage bag, and then some Tourtech like sleece stock. Sadiji or Bill? Sleece locks? Sleece stocks. Yeah, those gloves on my. And it, it, it works. Very nice. cool. So, um, up next on our list here is oh i'm getting the side eye something that we weren't sure we were going to talk about yeah i i need to come clean about this yeah okay let's use this as a learning experience no i think so does, so, so does we can subject rhyme with stack no <laughs> so, can, so we can finally talk about the role reversal we had liza so yes um <laughs> let's go back to last week yeah and last week you weren't here on the podcast no i wasn't here on the podcast why Um, was that no we're gonna come to that darling but you were here on a beautiful british made bike well um i had to return because the week before the week before we we did the dirt bag and we barbecued for everybody and i had to bring all the barbecue stuff back to misfits for liza correct Mm -hmm. and the chairs and the tent and so i thought I'm because I like bringing interesting bikes, and I have this Triumph, and it's a very, very early, super early, really. I mean, it's more of a prototype than a production bike. The Triumph Triple um, build date was late 1968. It's all original. It's got original paint, original chrome, 8,000 miles on it from new. Absolutely mm. gorgeous. And it hadn't run in like 40 years. So I oh, thought... But this, but this is kind of cool. Nah. When was the last time it was run? Uh, 1976. Where? Uh, DC. At? Um, I, I think it was the inauguration for Carter. 
Oh, I thought you said the bison. Or the bicentennial. Bison. It was somewhere around there. It was, it, I was it was, at... It was at a parade in D.C. I was at the bicentennial parade in D.C. in 1976. So you would have said... I mean, it was... It was <laughs> <laughs> and now that bike is here in the garage. Pretty cool. So, Pretty cool, right? But what, what was it exactly? Was it a, was it a 185? Was it a, a Trident? What was yeah, it's it? a Triumph T-150 Trident. Right, okay. And the, what made it interesting, and what makes it interesting, is the early Tridents... Um, they were designed by a company called David Ogle and Associates. And David Ogle had been long dead. He um, had built a car based on a Mini Cooper. And um, he died in one in 1962 mm-hmm. on a racetrack. But the company kept on going in his name. And um, the Trident was one of their creations. And it was it was not well received when it was new. And in fact, in America, it was considered so ugly that they had to put a thing called a beautification kit on it to actually sell the things. But wow. the funny thing is, when you brought it in, um, looking at like the gas tank, was yes, beautiful. The and paint that, was beautiful. Exactly. I mean, all original. And so I got this thing running. And then I wrecked it. <laughs> she was so excited. She didn't, she didn't think you about did, anything other. You didn't really it. wreck it. You. It wrecked you. You, you. you dropped it and you got hurt. Bullshit. Well, she so wrecked let, it like a boss. That was yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, let, Let's paint the picture. That was legit well, fuck. I, I hear wreck and I hear dropped. Was this hold like on, hold on. Parking it's a bike that like, hasn't yeah. run for 42 years. Emma got it running. Because that's what I do, darling. And she hopped on in, you know, The first thing you do, and I do this too, first thing you do is... You hear a bike. I'm going to get on it and ride you it. You need to now run through are the gears working are the brakes working and you hop on yeah last time I hopped on a bike you'd just gotten running you hadn't reattached the clutch and I almost went into a tree (laughs) (laughs) like Jake said that's why you let the boys test it next thing we know Emma is just pulling out of the driveway (laughs) and not seconds later we hear somebody shout, oh shit. oh, shit. Oh, shit. Well, you know, it was um, it was that dude that showed up. Who right. Was the, the, the photographer. The photographer. Fucking that dude, right? Right. And I'm wrenching. I can't I was, doing, I was doing the pet cock on the 225. <laughs> and homeboy's out at the end of the driveway. And I'm just chill. I look up and he goes, oh, shit. Yeah, he, like, he was recording her. Yes. Is that right? And I see him run and I go, Oh, oh shit! shit. <laughs> <laughs> he was recording her up until right before it happened. So, oh no! Uh, so we all kind of go running out. Well, they ran. I walked. Okay, so what happened? How'd you dump it? Uh, so it was a mechanical failure, and mm-hmm. it was kind of my own fault sure. because you know the problem. Whenever a bike gets to a certain age, it stops being a product of the manufacturer and it starts being a product to the person who's worked on it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when I got a hold of this bike, it is it is obvious that a lot of the work that had been done on it hadn't been done to a particularly high standard, and things were finger-tied and things weren't put together correctly. And obviously everything I did, you know, I returned to factory specs, and I got so distracted by the fact that the engine was running and it was god it sounded good mm-hmm. it sounds so great um you went through the carbon no time yeah exactly did you reattach the brakes no but the fender itself Doesn't... was was finger tight and oh. what happened was the fender on a triumph the front that, fender the front fender isn't actually held on to the fork legs it's held on by by stays by bands and they're free to turn. And what basically oh, no. happened is the bands 
pivoted and touched the tire and the rotation of the tire actually dug them in farther so basically that's a bad front wheel locked up and it wasn't like a brake lock up it just stopped locked it stopped and according to mr photographer he saw a puff of blue smoke which of course was the rubber (laughs) the back wheel came up Oh no! Threw me off the bike, and it's a big, heavy bike. I it's mean, actually it's, pretty impressive, considering the tires um, are like forty years old. Right, threw me, <laughs> threw me onto the ground. How long did the bike skid, Jim? So we were out there uh, cleaning up going? glass. So, so big shout to Chris, yeah, uh, for sweeping up the glass. So I looked at the 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 groove down the middle of the road from foot pegs and whatnot. Oh, I was like, holy shit! And because uh, you were up and walking around at this point, because you're tough as nails yeah thank so you so we stepped it off and it doesn't sound very far but the next time you're out step off like 60 feet yeah so you the, like the, that sounds pretty far so the bike the yeah. bike slid 62 feet and we're talking a gouge down the middle of the you road. measured it right didn't you? i was like because it was so long i'm like holy shit well i was winding it out i wound it i wound it out in first i was, was guessing good. you were like shifting into third <laughs> punched it into second and i was just winding it out in I second figured that's where you because were because you know what about 200 feet down the that's road. Only, right by the cop station that's only a four-speed yeah. bike no it's a couple of blocks off but i was oh worried gosh. about the popo showing up so we gathered up the remains including myself we're we're very good at accident scenes of I'll getting get, the bike out of there getting the scene cleaned up and getting wounds dude, uh, it was less than three or four minutes yeah. i'll give liza credit because we got the bike up and it <laughs> wouldn't roll and we're trying to figure out what the fuck happened and it, was it the chain we, yeah you know, because every time you tried failure. pushing it the front wheel would lock up and again we realized it was yeah. a lot and then we kind of sent emma down the road just to get sorted out and then liza just fucking ripped that front fender up and then we boogied it down the road. And, it, and got it back. And, you know, it, it, I'm injured. I'm, I'm well, not... Oh well, I, I And this created a little debate afterwards, because what gear were you wearing? Oh, mm. God. Nothing. Sunday best. And who is the person well, who... You can actually, I think you're wearing you, it right now. You can actually yes. see what gear I'm wearing. If you go on... If, if, if you follow the Misfits... If you go onto Instagram, you will see me with a whizzer. And that's a great little video. You remember the video, video do, of me yeah. and the whizzer? Yeah. That thing's got a thousand hits. She's it's very a, proud of that. It really? It's a, um, it's a cool little motorcycle. It's a cool, but that is exactly what I was wearing, including the headgear. I, I had the extreme pleasure <laughs> of... scarf. Yeah, I, I which had is, the pleasure of cleaning all of her road rash, and that was not fun. It, the soap that we have here is not the greatest for cuts. <laughs> you mean the pumice soap? Yeah, no, that's fantastic it's called, it's for cuts. Kerosene. So, basically, I was wearing no protective gear. I wasn't even wearing a helmet. I'm. You weren't. No. Really? I, I'm no. so ashamed of Holy myself. Holy shit! Here. Now, don't. hold on. And this I thought was funny is Z and I got into an argument. Now, for those who don't remember, Z Let's is the one who really hates helmet laws. And Z said, what? She wasn't wearing a helmet? She should have been wearing a helmet. <laughs> well, when you have a questionable machine, you shouldn't get on it and expect it to be 100% okay. You know that there's a higher chance of something to go wrong. Well, you should be protected. Like, every time I touch my brakes, I put gear on. And I said, no, different rules apply here. And let me tell you why. Because I've done the exact same thing. When you're getting a bike running for the first time I want to be able to sense everything I will go out on the street without a helmet just ride down the street real quick shift through gears I want to be able to hear 
everything. Yeah. I totally get it. I do the same thing. It's a mechanic thing. You don't always suit up completely because you're so feeling what's going on with the bike. So wear a jacket. Well, 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 pants. Hold on a second. You uh, can so steer I, here. I get it. Wait, I get wait, 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 wait. it. And no, hold on. And no, 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 no. fully aware as Emma is of the risk that's being taken. Right. And now I can turn around and say I'm fully aware of the risks I take when I don't wear. Real a talk though. Even with a helmet on, even with a flimsy one, you could still hear a lot of fucking things going cap. on with the machine. But nevertheless, I'm I'm going to own this one. Liza's being very, very kind, and I understand that argument. But the fact of the matter is, is I should have known better. And I'm thoroughly ashamed of myself. Yeah, should you? Yes. But I don't. I, s- I don't hold any grudge against Emma for that or, or think oh, of her no. any less because I do the same I s- in certain situations. No, I, I, I don't, I don't either. Part but of it too is like it's just fucking motorcycles. Right. Sometimes shit goes sideways. But that's the point the is or straight I s- up in the air. I smashed <laughs> up a priceless British artifact <laughs> in front of small children in a Volvo. <laughs> that's awesome. Yes, there were small yeah, children, children yeah. on the sideline. And the bike was pretty damaged, too. My, no, not, not really. Just a foot peg and the handlebars. I told him without picking the bike up, I'm like, the bike just wanted to get out. It was excited. Yeah, mm. exactly. No, and the yeah. bike, God, that British engineering's amazing. Well, Old British bikes come in, come with their own frame protectors, and they call the foot pegs because they don't, <laughs> they don't fold up. Yeah, I noticed that there was hardly yeah. anything. So what I've got to do, the final thing with the bike, it's going to be actually quite an easy fix. The paintwork is fine, thank God. Wow. Um, the footrest got bent, so we little bit of heat bent it back because it's just cast iron, um, and it needs a new footrest rubber. I destroyed the headlight. Um, well, Can you get a just new the bezel. But you know what? If you're gonna destroy it, those because those, I've seen you rebuild those headlights. Uh, yeah, you can do the. That's not exactly. a bad thing to destroy. Um, the headlights done. The grab rails done. Um, How, how's the muffler? Because the muffler on those things untouched. Are- but beautiful. Yeah, Mostly the muffler. The foot peg and the headlight and the handlebar. The handlebars are straight the, now. The throttle assembly. Right. The three damaged things. Exactly. Oh, and the, the grab rail. I've ground down the grab rail, but what I can do is actually fill up the grind it's with... It's just with, got scratches on yeah, it. Yeah. That's all. But I can fill up the gouge <laughs> right. with weld, bring yeah. it back around, and then off down to the chroma so it can go I down did, to I didn't Ricardo's. get to say it. Considering I, I, it, like, dug pavement out for 62 feet, yeah, right. <laughs> I'm like, that's all right. Yeah. I didn't get to say it, but I, do, I don't think anything less of you, Emma. I just wish that you could take care of yourself a little better, and that's the same thing that I understand when people say it to me. But yeah. we're all adults and we all take our risks, so I respect if you don't want to. No, and I mean, the point is thus, is I do want to, and it's going to be, it's it's lessons learned. The fact of the matter is, I haven't been at work all this week because I haven't felt well enough to do it. Um, How many ribs are cracked? Three. Yeah, cracked ribs um, suck if you haven't oh. had them. I've got a bruised rotator cuff. <clears throat> it may be torn. I've got Ooh. road rash on all four limbs. I mean, it sucks. Mm. And I haven't been able to work. Um, I love working. I love laying my hands on bikes. And I haven't been able to do that basically because I was stupid. So what I've got to do is I've got to look inside myself and say, look, don't be don't be dumb like this again. Because it's not even a case of I'm sticking it to the man or I'm being independent. It's it's keeping me away from something I love. You just rushed a couple seconds doing. to throw on a, a jacket and a helmet. Right. It's a good time to uh, reevaluate your procedure in regards to reviving old bikes. I mean, 
Anybody could do that. Yeah, and I, I said yeah, that I do. That's what someone else on. I said I do the same, Perfect. but maybe this is a good point that Flies we need to remind each other. Right. To just, hey, just throw a jacket and helmet on. I don't, you could put it, you could go put all your gear on, test ride it real quick, and if you really need to hear more, you can put a half helmet right, on. Right, exactly. Whatever. And I mean, unfortunately, vintage bikes are my life. I mean, the, the chances are I'm going to drag something from the 1950s or the 1960s out of somebody's barn. And this has always been my shtick from day one, is... I will do just what I need to do to get it running oh, and actually... Oh, Henry's leaving. You leaving? Bye, Henry. All right, see you, Henry. Bye. Bye, Henry. I'll do just the minimum to get it down the road so I can ride yeah, I, it and evaluate what it needs. And I've done that from day one, and maybe I need to stop doing that. And this this same exact thing happened to me, like, what, two weeks ago or whatever? Right, you're all what, what did you do? You're well, so I, so smashed up. I've been, I've been rebuilding my DRZ or whatever, and I <laughs> got all back together, and I engine sounded great whatever and i just was test riding i just needed to test ride it see then how the engine was it was nighttime and i went like you know a mile two miles from my house and in the middle of a turn there were two deer in the middle of the road right uh, i didn't hit the deer i locked up the front tire and i low-sided well, now he i was on the phone with me while he was crashing <laughs> yeah. so i heard oh, no. oh shit i'm crashing <laughs> you had time oh, to say that? The worst thing to ever hear. Oh, that's great. Yeah, I'm pretty focused. That's what I told my grandparents the first time I got a Senna. I called them and then I ran out of service. And they're like, We thought you died. I was like, No, you would have heard me if I died. Oh. <laughs> but I would, so I they were like, That's kind of strangely noise. comforting. <laughs> now, I, I did take the time. I put a jacket on, put my gloves on, put my right. helmet on, didn't put my pants on. And I rashed up my knee pretty good. And it fucking sucks. Yeah. Rashing up your knee sucks because whenever you walk around or bend yep. your knee slightly, Hurts like a motherfucker. So you guys, you guys learn lessons better pants. than I do. Because <laughs> yeah. I've wrecked it. I still don't wear gear. <laughs> well, Which is also coming back to the parking lot pill You know thing. they make armored jeans, okay. right? Um, well, Ooh. yes, go ahead. Charlie made a great point earlier that um, this is a great example that this can happen to anyone. And even some of our mm. most amazing, most accomplished riders, um, this happens to sometimes. So just be aware and, of the risk and that also you're Charlie. Now, taking. So I, <laughs> and so then Charlie. This, this is the bike that I've been <laughs> racing all year. And I'm very familiar with the bike. I'm very right. familiar with the brake. I'm very familiar with the tires. And I saw the deers in the middle of the turn. I said, okay, I'm going to use my brakes. And I wasn't aggressive with my brakes. I just used my brakes. I wanted to stand the bike up with the brakes and start doing aggressive braking. The tires were too cold, and it just washed the front out. Right. Didn't you learn that at turn three? I also before? learned. Well, <laughs> uh, no, 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 no. It was a couple days after that where he relearned that lesson. No, 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 because, well, this is my... Then I was out Thunderhill. This is track, so it's completely different. I was on my warm-up lap, and turn three is an off-camber turn. Turn three gets a lot of people. It's a very difficult turn because it's off-camber, and the very first time, your right side of the tire gets heat in it. It was my first lap out of my third or fourth session. He thinks he needs to, like... Prove that he's not an idiot. We don't think you're an idiot. I know, you sound guilty. You're not an idiot, dude. Well, you're not know, an idiot. Hold on, hold on. You're not an idiot. You're just well, not so, experienced. <laughs> but that's how you learn. Completely different. I mean, look look at the GP guys. Yeah. They crash all the time. So well, that's so, how you learn. So right. we talked to Jason. We talked to Jason Charlie. Lopez, who was um, yeah. he works with Z2 Track Days, and he was uh, picking up bikes and everything after sessions and getting them back. And he said that on turn three, if you look at the ground, there's a bunch of scrapes from where like a bunch of people. Have no, and this this section of scrapes. Section of scratch is like a foot thick. I want to bring up that you said you're, you're bragging it's about how comfortable you are with the bike. Wise. The more comfortable you, people seem to get about things, the more they slack off <laughs> and screw up. Well, I'm comfortable with the bike with prime operating conditions of a track in 
heavy tires and in emergency situations you can't just say oh do i have enough traction right. you have to just use it if i decided to not brake i would have probably just hit the deer and have been way worse and i decided to trust my tires and trust my abilities to use what i know and i know i didn't over brake it's just i the tires didn't have any traction in them and to you be honest with you charlie yeah. how fast were you going maybe 30 miles an hour i think were they in the middle of a turn of a blind turn and you they were in the middle it. of a turn i was going a little fast for okay the there it is there it is that's all <laughs> i wanted to say no so if i was going slower i would have seen the deer sooner and yeah, i would have had is. more time to break that, so that, um i think actually i'm gonna take a little bit of blame for charlie's crash as well <clears> because what he didn't say is i did a little bit of magic porting work yeah to dude his, that thing runs so good mm. a little bit of magic porting work to his cylinder head and i think you might have been going <laughs> <Yeah>. faster <laughs> especially if the valves aren't bent <laughs> no that's a that's a serious thing though you like, beer? I, I recently found yeah. out does anybody Do know the statistic want to hear a really scary statistic out of all the out of all the um just as far as, <laughs> as, far as uh, i would have dropped fast. it first. That, that's Knox's third beer out of out of all the motorcycle crashes that involve like more than one vehicle guess right. how many the motorcycles the striking vehicle seven percent like 96. 90 something 96 wow yeah. it's almost always the motorcycle yeah, it's sense. insane yeah hmm. well charlie you're not an idiot for crashing Emma, you're not an idiot for crashing. We take all sorts of calculated risks at the garage, but today, Z and I took some <laughs> uncalculated risks. I'm yeah. like the that. best story all year at this girl. <laughs> <And> unnecessary <laughs> risk. Next to all right, so Liza has to start the story of where the pills hold came on, from. Hold on, hold on. First... It has to be known that I have found many things in the parking lot. There was oh parking God. lot cake. Oh, no. The pickles were really good. Hey, who wants a parking lot cake? Hey, who wants a parking, parking lot, lot pickles? Who pickles, parking lot tootsie rolls. They're great. They're safe. Condoms, the pickles were good. Random clothing. Um, things get left in the parking lot. Motorcycles, scooters. I, Lots of homeless well, people here. I don't really want to quickly say the parking lot cake. I didn't own up to it, and it, but it's been like several years now. That was my parking lot cake that I had left. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. I just found cake in the parking lot, so I lot ate it. Lot cake. <laughs> uh, but people seem to be appalled that I will just eat something from the parking lot. Well, we that's kind of disgusting, man. <laughs> it's pretty gross. Yeah. Gum See, I, I'll, eat, I'll eat it, too. I don't care. Well, we took it to a whole new level because when I came home, uh, when I came home from... Hold on. When I came home from Thanksgiving hilarious. dinner, I told you I was very wet. I finally made it home. Pulled my bike into the, <clears throat> the tent, which is outside of the garage. Anyone can walk into the tent. Half the bikes are stored there. And I saw a funnel sitting on the seat of my Versys. Mm. And I'm like, what the heck? This funnel lives over at our oil tub where when people do oil changes, dump it in there. So I'm like, who put the oily funnel on my seat? Do you get oil on your seat, though? What, was there... uh, just a little bit of ring. Yeah. So I'm like, what the heck? So I picked it up, and there was a pile of white pills underneath it. Hand-packed what? pills. Wait, wait a so, minute. Are these a pile or was no, it in a little bottle or anything? No. It was like a pile of like eight pills. It was a pile of hand-packed gel tablet with um, well, tablets, it's, it's like it's the, powder, but it's 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 like, a white powder yeah. inside, and it's a case that you can take apart. And put you can buy together. those re dissolvable yeah. cases. So no, yeah. <laughs> no <laughs> marking. So no <laughs> marking on it. No dummy. nothing. Just a bunch of pills yeah. left on my seat. I'm like, Just what the heck? X. So I put them in the garage and forgot about them. Well, I brought them out today color, when Jim. there was people there, and I'm like, hey guys. 
here's a mystery. A bunch of pills were left on my seat. I wonder what they are. We started going through all the drugs, and I'm like, this, this definitely isn't cocaine. It has no smell. So Z, like, pulled one apart and, like, put, put it on her gums to see if it was cocaine. Oh, I smelled it first. We've smelled it. We're like testing, and Do then you know we're how like, to "Well, well so, we're, so we decided. Yeah, we decided God. the best thing to do is somebody's got to try it." <laughs> <laughs> so Z offered herself up, and we said, "We'll we'll keep an eye on you." Today. I took one at one twenty p.m., and everyone's watching me over the next two hours. Come around four o'clock, nothing happened. So we stepped it up, and I snorted some of it to see what happened with that. So we started pulling some more apart. The, as asking more people, Theo, you were just kind of staring in disbelief. I tried it though. Yeah, <laughs> we're all kind of trying it. I just kept pouring some of the porter, powder crazy. and licking it. Like, what was it? Mike came over and we were talking like uh, pain medications all have taste. Cocaine definitely has a smell. Most everything that's going to get you higher is drug. It has a specific no something. taste or smell to it. Nothing down with the back drip. It, Except after I licked all the powder up, see? a little while later, I started getting burpy. So I don't. We don't know. Maybe it's baking powder or Jesus something, and someone just put Christ. those. On. I mean, it might have <laughs> been the baby, baby powder. The baking I don't powder know. would have a taste to it or That's something, true. right? Well, baby, yeah, baby, it does. Anyway, I'm so that get was a bunch of unmarked laxatives. No. And just leave <laughs> them in a pile. It's possible. That's what right? we ate. Well, I mean, it's eight o'clock now. <laughs> hold on, I think that pill. worked. Hold on, but we're not the only ones who found some possible drugs. Oh, the other definite drugs. Knock, Charlie. Oh yeah, this is great. So me. It was me, um, God. James? We were at James' house. Yeah, me, James, out. and Lucas went to 7 Eleven to get some 7 Eleven pizza. We're outside talking while they're cooking it. <laughs> and then Lucas's point over there is like, no wait. good stories. He's like, wait, that. look at that. And we see this, like, this fucking giant, like, story. we see this, like, paper Safeway bag, just like, you know, like a light post that there's a concrete or whatever, like, base to it. It's just on there. And it says free weed. <laughs> it's just literally it says in giant marker free weed so, on a shopping bag Liza gave me up. shit because she was like well people are taking the pills and stuff and you're trying to be the voice of reason but you were with the people with the free weed yesterday <laughs> and Charlie FaceTimed me while they were doing it yeah. and I was like do you really think this is a good idea so I keep I said it wasn't the gra- a great idea and I was like I'm not open I said I wasn't opening hey, it this hey, took it such smelled, a turn you guys how, how, how like it was it was duct tape closed and someone smelled it like smells like weed and then they're like got, and they opened it and they're how big is this ball of weed? Oh know, dude, it was like, like at least like, a half a pound. It's like a like, like a volleyball or a basketball me? of weed. Wow. Yeah, it's, like it's a lot of fucking weed. It's <laughs> dude, a garbage bag like, of weed. And like, where is this grower guy that really stoned <laughs> and decided to be a good Samaritan? No, but so, it was all like uncut and had like stems and shit. It was like, all trimmings. It's not trimmings. Yeah. No, I mean you can make butter. I forgot to mention that when I snorted this mystery powder, I did it with a five dollar bill off of someone's hand. He just poured it in his hand, and I took my five dollar bill and rolled it up. So yeah, so done it with a hundred dollar oh, pills never, there you go. I, I'm you the master of bad ideas parking lot weed and parking lot pills <laughs> that's what we've been up to I'm not that's kind of fucked that's up that's so but much trash weed now <laughs> now, I, now I'm gonna give it's you guys real. it's a full on shopping bag now oh. I'm gonna give you guys a chance to uh, tell me if I'm stupid on some completely new topic mm. man I've been asking for that box for like two hours so here's the deal uh, you may remember like a month or so ago I said I found some interesting site and it's called Banggood. Remember that? Banggood. Yes, yes, And I ordered a bunch of stuff I wanted to try. Well, they came. Mm. So I want to pass this stuff around the room and we're going to let you guys take a look and see if I got taken 
or if I got a deal. Mm-hmm. So maybe got fucked. So first up, we we can got, answer that question now. This is a 12 volt, volt wireless motorcycle helmet LED brake turn signal light indicators for your helmet. Really? This is wireless? called the Smart Helmet Light System mm-hmm. by Thor. And it's got uh, Mandarin on it, I think, and uh, and there's it's all in Mandarin. It's a cheapo <laughs> break free. So it's yeah. But you can buy this right now and put it on your helmet now. So the packaging is nice, and it's certainly made in China. So what do you think there? So Z had a good question. Is yeah. it wireless? How do you? It, how is, does it wireless. is wireless. I'd like to know so how it's wireless. The <laughs> unit itself attaches to the helmet with some Velcro uh, tape. So you attach one onto you know, the hook on your helmet and the loop or whatever. So it's the size of like uh, ski goggles. Yeah. Okay. A little bit, a little bit smaller. Um, it comes with a dongle that you attach to some sort of unit. <laughs> yeah. It c- it comes with a little magic black box with yeah. a wire that goes to a connector that there's no other half of the connector. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so this attaches to some something either your your braking unit or your I don't know. Yeah. In the directions, uh, you go one to hot, one in to your brake one to your left turn signal one to your right yep. turn signal it's yeah. just enough oh, to yeah. give you hope I mean, to try or one to neutral yep. well one to neutral and then to yeah so you gotta like tap Tack it into each of those lines. Come with a micro USB so you can charge the actual display unit. The actual physical oh, unit God, doesn't look bad. So, it's um, super flimsy, kind of yeah, thin. It's really cheaply made. I mean, you could probably bend that, that shit in half. Well, but easily. it's going to be on a helmet, right? Uh, the the <clears throat> there's a little rubber cover for the USB port, and you can the flashing is still there from the manufacturing because it's made of silicon. Oh, Normally, they trip that off, and, and yeah, if you've got shitty molds, that's usually get extra flashing around it. Yeah. Um, but the idea you put it on the back of your helmet, this is just like the brake free tech, except this is wireless. You have to wire it in, it so it doesn't have its own brake free uses accelerometer and gyrometer and all that rev limiterometer or whatever. So, they call it. Uh, yeah. so the instructions are xeroxed. Said, all right, <laughs> how much is it? So I paid thirty six dollars with free shipping. <laughs> Did I get taken? Yeah. So it's called. It's, I mean, it's fun. But from, from here, it looks like you got taken. Well, the, I haven't the, touched <laughs> it yet, but. Read the directions. Oh, How funny I, th- are they? I think it it wires into your actual brake. You, yes, yeah, ra- brake and turn yeah, signal. So you have to system. buy the other connector or whatever, and then wire this into it. So, so when you actually, you know, the thing might work. You know, so I don't, you can't say until we'll, you hook, we'll see, hook it up. We'll see what happens. So knock, hook it up. Let us know how it works <laughs> out. We should, we should put one on like a Kimco scooter or something. So the the name of this thing is called a smart helmet <clears throat> light system, but in the instructions, it's called the X wing. <laughs> That's because you speak Mandarin, isn't it? All right, so up next, I bought. Uh, Z's got it there. I bought a phone mount. I, I'm fascinated with all these different phone mounts. You right? are you are fascinated by phone mounts. I am. You do it. So this phone mount is different because instead of it having some spring loaded arm, it's basically a giant five inch phone case with a uh, zipper and a clear plastic cover that you stick your phone in and zip it up. So it's waterproof, hypothetically. And then it has on the back a a clamp that just clamps onto your handlebars. So what do you think of that, uh, that phone case 
that goes well, onto your handlebars. I mean, your I don't think it's too bad. Out of it. <laughs> it's got uh, a uh, it's got a ball joint that rolls around for adjustability. What's the price on that, Liza? Seven dollars and twenty nine cents. <laughs> oh, it can't go wrong. I don't think it's, I don't think it's well, that you, bad. You know what I like well, about it? I think it's actually awesome. I think it's awesome because the thing zips in. There's no way because I've been with Liza. Remember, we were going from the Red Bull Straight Rhythm Races in Pomona when I lost. We're coming my, through LA yeah. at nighttime when she's like, "Fuck my phone!" Phone just flew out of off. my Ram mount. So yeah. the one thing about this one, the phone is not falling out. So I think that's that's so a good one. The, how, like one. How well what about trying to charge it though? Is the clamp well, it to clamps, the back of the to the back of the the thing? I mean, can the whole thing fall off? No, I think it's, it clamps to like your handlebars. Right. Yeah. No, so she's saying that. Clamp yeah. Whole, so I popped that piece together, and it, it took a lot of pressure to pop it, it into place. It feels legit. Okay. Um. So that is called the 5.5 inch universal waterproof vehicle motorcycle mount holder case. Cool. That's what I'm wondering if you can. I wonder if you can manipulate your phone through the plastic probably not. that's the one thing uh, that yeah you i got. don't know you you pass it back i'll put my phone in it put a phone I in mean, let's find not out not with gloves on so the but next well, thing is that cover okay. that you can put your phone they could don't you put that screen protector on your phone uh, yeah. that allows your glove so jim the thing in your hand uh, that's the next thing up oh, oh micah charlie are you leaving yeah all right thanks for staying and sharing your story yeah, thanks Yay. for sharing that. bye micah and charlie awesome. bye. that was all awesome so the next thing up this is one i was actually excited about so um this is the it's a 12 volt uh voltmeter Red motorcycle dual USB charger Blah. din socket for oh here's where I, for BMW motorbike I missed that part. Wow. So all right, so what this it. is? So this is another thing I buy. So on my bikes I have a charger socket, and you put these USB adapters so you can put USB lines on right and they keep dying on me like just on a trip to vegas i had to buy two on that trip so this one is a dual usb adapter but it has a um, led readout in the middle that tells you the voltage of your bike i just have a voltmeter well this is a voltmeter and usb adapters and i thought let me see this thing how cool that is pretty cool so i can't manipulate my phone through the screen protector you can yes i can click but sliding's not too well Cool. So I thought this would be really cool to have. Uh, seemed pretty solid. I was pretty stoked when I, I got it. I think it's well made. It's went it's out to my bike, and then I realized when I read it, it says for BMW because I realized mm-hmm. BMWs use that small like five eighths inch socket. Oh. I have the traditional car socket, which is like an inch and a quarter. I took oh. one of those, and oh. so this won't fit anything I have. Yeah, damn, and it's so well made too. <laughs> I took I one of those like uh, twelve volt car sockets, and I drilled a hole in one of my side cases, and JB welded it in. Yeah, and then it it plugs straight into one of those standard battery tender hookups. So I just like clip it in there. But it looks pretty good. I want to go on and see if I can find one of those for the, my socket because I yeah. love that it has that I that bet, readout on it. Yeah, I bet you can. Um, and then the last thing I got, Emma, this is the one you told me not to touch. Yep. <clears throat> so these are handlebar clamp <gasps> risers. For, um, and so when you want to change the position of your bars, they have these offset risers that you can put in. Right. They go into your your tr- your clamps. Yes. And then they come up like an inch and a half yeah this is and have a second clamp to put your bars in and you can pivot it around i know this mine sounds like a terrible thing to go cheap no, it's, on it's a terrible terrible thing you These, know what is that steel so, or is it aluminum no is it chinesium it's chinesium it's cast and i, mean, I use this on a lot, a lot of my dirt bikes the There's bars are too low there. and i use these on my dirt Look. bikes 
You know what? These I, don't seem too horrible. No, though. just you just stop that knock. <laughs> you I just want, I stop to, that right now. I want to touch it. Pass it back. I am I also want to touch sitting it. here in a great deal of pain, albeit my own fault, because of mechanical failure of the bike. Mm-hmm. And what you were saying is that that thing, which has the potential to break, this is this is your contact with the bike. This is the right. handlebar. Absolutely not. No, 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 no. I would not bother. So that was $17.38. And this is all free shipping. Down the drain. Are you going to end up using it? It looks like it's cast, not milled. I know, Liza. She wants to do it just to prove everybody wrong. I don't know. We care about you. (laughs) For me, the test will be if I try and over tighten the bolts and it strips. No, I don't think that's going to be a problem. So for me, because there's no threads on one of the bolts. For my yeah. Honda CB500X, I think the bar risers are like 100, 150 bucks. That's exactly what mm-hmm. you should be spending. Yeah, that's what. Well, you're no, I think, and I think the lesson that I've learned today is that I should use Z to try these out on. Do you, yeah, I'll do it. There we go. See? Yep, perfect. <laughs> uh, we'll slap them on the dirt bike and then go out and do some lessons. <clears throat> So when the handlebars fall off and I wreck, that'll be. Uh, I mean, our dirt bike is fine. Where, where, where your gear? You see, the b- oh, yeah. the big problem with something like that, it can fool you because you look at the casting and you look at the weight and you think, eh, this is okay. Ooh, it's smooth. But you don't know the formula of it the alloy. It does look grabby. Yeah. You know, because it's not pure aluminum. It's an aluminum alloy. It's pure aluminum pots. Well, <laughs> you just you just don't know what it's made out of. I'm, I'm going to say that I think that this this test was a wash. And I'm gonna have to buy some more stuff. To I like out. the phone mount. <laughs> Stop spending phone money mount. that way. The phone mount's good. <laughs> phone mount was good. Hey, but now she can recommend the phone mount for those just of us who are lower in income. Seven dollars and twenty nine cents. Yeah. Just there fill the go. fridge with like Monster hey, Energy you, drinks. You may be able to find another use for that light, though. I bet you get creative with it and find a, a good place for it. I don't know. The light well, might be see. good. You can yeah. strap it to the light. Right, right, you know, I'm, I'm leaving the verdict out on the light until I actually it, see it illuminating. Yeah, it might I'm be just right. curious. Yeah, I, I tried to turn it on, but I think it needs up. to be charged. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so there it is. Um, I wanted to. Oh, I wanted to get. Oh. And now oh. we have a ride report. Oh, what's going on here? Oh. From Jim. Jim, what fun, amazing thing did you do this week? Because you did not have turkey like the rest of us. Oh, I, I enjoyed hey, those photos, paso, my dude. Those photos were awesome. Hey, no me molesto. <laughs> you go to the desert. <laughs> I did, yeah. Wait, I also went to the desert. Where'd you go? Uh, I went about an hour south of Barstow. So did I. What? Did you uh, yeah. jerk off in the desert by yourself? Oh, oh my God. No, I jerked off in the desert oh. with other people. Oh, well, all right. Okay. That's so, more fun. Jim, who did you go with? Oh, me, myself, and I. That is awesome. Yeah. That's the best kind of company right there. You know, there's something to be said. Right by Joshua that. Tree? Uh, no, south. I don't know where the fuck. And I guess west of You Joshua can go off road everywhere there, so it doesn't matter. How many bikes did you take for just you? Oh, two. <laughs> <laughs> did you end up using both? I did just for fun. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you just camping and riding? Yeah, so I headed um, down south uh, f- like well, four four days ago, five days ago. Uh, yeah, in a van. So I loaded the bikes up in a van. I rent a van because it's cheap and my truck's old. So threw everything in a truck, jammed down to Barstow, and then a little bit south of Barstow, I guess southeast, uh, down to the Mojave Desert. And uh, mm-hmm. I've done that trip a few times now, and I really love it. Um, you know, something about riding in the desert that's that's amazing. 
Um, you know, it's very varied, but it's also like you can crash pretty much anywhere and it doesn't hurt so bad. Unless you hit any of the plants. You see some of the most beautiful night sky in the desert, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, it was pretty nuts. Yeah, the full moon came up, but uh, yeah, so it's out of a place where they, where they do King of the Hammers, if you're familiar with that area, Johnson mm-hmm. Valley, mm-hmm. Newsom yeah. Valley. And um, yeah, it was pretty cool. So basically, you just take shittier roads after shittier road until you get to a sand road and then you're out in the middle of nowhere. Um, and it worked out great. Uh, you know, I typically do like three rides a day, like a morning ride, an afternoon ride, an evening ride. And um, yeah, yeah, I crashed and did all sorts of crazy shit. How'd the bike do, man? Fun. How'd the bike do? So I took the, the two bikes I took was a KLX 250 and the uh, TTR 225. So nice. the, yeah, the KLX 250 I rode pretty much the whole time. And what I'll see, will say, and Z talked about it, I think a week or two ago, and is, is I do miss my DR350. Mm. That was just such a solid motorcycle. You know, the 250s was great. It, it ran fine, started hauled ass through the desert, you know, rocks, sand, whatever it was. And, um, and it ran great, but I do miss the DR350 is a better, I think, Did you tint? Bike. How cold was it at night? It was cold. Yeah, yeah it was so, below uh, freezing down Well, there. you know, I got, well, when you go to the desert, you got to prepare because it's pretty, it's going to be what it is. And when I was out there, it was cold and windy, like wicked Ooh. windy. And, um, which is kind of nice. That's why I bring a van because then I take all the shit out of the van, firewood, bikes, all that kind of stuff. And then I splurged and got a blow up mattress. That's mm. fucking six inches of my life. And um, yeah, that's what she said. Yeah. So yeah, so I had the mattress in there and slept, but you could feel the the wind was rocking the van all night wow. long. Um, but it's awesome. You wake up in the morning, you see. You, sh- you sure that rocking wasn't caused by Isaac and his friends? Uh, just, I mean, I'm just saying other people are there. It was just oh, me. oh, okay, got it. I don't know about all that, but anyway, <laughs> so yeah, so it was cold and windy, but you know, you get up and um, you know, and you just get up and ride. And how many days were you there? Four. Did you stay out remote camping? Did you pack your food, or did you go into town and? No, no, no. I was pretty much out there, and um, yeah, I bring all my shit. I'm pretty self sufficient, and nice. I realize that what it boils down to is water and gas. As long as you have enough yeah. water and mm-hmm. gas. Everything will be cool. But I also brought some, you know, some pork tenderloin. I had my little mm. Thanksgiving dinner. Did you bring yeah. your guns and shoot shit? I do bring guns. Nice. And we'll Man. just leave it there. Hell yeah. That's how, how I would have preferred to spend the holidays. Yeah. How uh, far? Um, Soon I'll be on the road. How much water do you carry out with you, like, on the bike in case, like, because if bike breaks down and you're 10 miles from anything, you are fucked. Yeah, you're pretty much fucked. You're so, so fucked. Yeah, I rely on, I, I rely on luck. <laughs> luck, luck, and preparation. The more you have of one, the less you need of the other. That's Smart how. Guy. That is how MMA fighter Evan Tanner died. Hmm. He was on a quad that ran out of gas and he didn't have water. Wow. Yeah, oh. yeah. Well, I've learned. I mean, me yeah. and Li- I mean, I learned my water lesson with Liza, me, you, and Seamus. Remember, we went down that <laughs> yeah. volunteer hill, and I fucking I thought I was going to die. So yeah, water and gas you can't have <clears throat> enough of, and luck doesn't hurt either. Um, yeah, because you're out there. I mean, you're you're out there. I mean, you're at least. And you know what? Jim? Yeah, there's nothing it, out there. It it happens quickly. My mind goes back to last year's babes ride out, and I'm the first to admit I got myself pretty hydrated, a uh, dehydrated on the ride out there. You did. And then it's when really I actually arrived at the campsite. Mm-hmm. I was determined to put up my tent, and I was already pretty stressed from the ride. I was already dehydrated, and God, it happened so quickly. And I was in a field with thousands of other people. That's the crazy stuff. And you get stupid. There were people Mm -hmm. 20 feet away from me, and I knew it was happening. It was the craziest thing. And 
but I was smart enough. I need to get some water in me right now. And the only thing I had was just tons of le- lukewarm water. See, I, I had I, was, I had something like that happen in Missouri. I'm riding, it's, it's hot and humid, and I'm sweating, and I'm sweating, and I'm sweating, and I'm pulling a lot of miles that day. And before I know it, I'm getting lightheaded and dizzy. And I had to pull off into a McDonald's and just pound water for like two hours and cool off. It right. happens it, like you're so, fine and then you're just not fine. Yeah. And I, I learned, um, you guys remember the TV show Bear Grylls. I learned how to deal with this Drink kind of situation. Piss? Well, you want to kill a rattlesnake and <laughs> yes. you're going to skin it. Uh-huh. And then you're going to pee in the skin uh-huh. and you can tie that off and carry it around and drink when you need. Oh, very good. Because, ah. yeah. I mean, I waste my pee. Useful life by, skills. Yeah. I waste <laughs> my pee by putting it in other people's airboxes. To offer them <laughs> $300 for that I thought we played that thought, out, but uh, yeah, that works. I thought it was their faces. Yeah. Yeah. That costs so, more. Jim, more I swear, everything about these trips you go on, riding in sand and camping, and uh, none of it sounds interesting to me individually, but when you put it all together, you got me just thinking, oh, maybe I want to do yeah, this. Yeah, man. You don't want to do yeah. it. You don't want to go camping. I was thinking about Liza, and I'm like, Liza would absolutely hate what I'm doing right now. <laughs> <laughs> First of all, it's a desert. It's fucking sandy. It's beautiful. So you're, but you're all, I mean, you, it's beautiful if you sand like sand. Because at the end of the day, you're riding in sand most of the time. That's sand my is, next challenge I need to tackle. I, I, I don't, that's what I don't like it. Guess what, guess what I'm going to tackle that challenge when I get on my XR200 yeah. to go south? I'm just gonna learn it when I get to Mexico. Well, why not? Yeah. No. When when where we were camping, we were camping in this BLM like overflow campground for Joshua Tree, and just tons of people camped out there. But f- like off in the distance, what about was a mile this? away, last weekend. Oh, okay. Uh, I came cool. back yesterday. Cool. Yeah, but um, oh. but it, I was with like four non-riders, and so like we wake up and at about as soon as the sun came up, there were people uh, like out in this dry lake bed ripping two strokes, and I was like, I want it so bad. <laughs> it's like, it like the best way to start the day, like a cup of coffee, and then just rip a two stroke around like a dry lake bed. It sounded that amazing. sounds awesome. Yeah, one of these days, Jim, two, two one strokes of these days. scare me. It's pretty cool, but yeah, you gotta you gotta love sand, and I'm like Liza would totally hate this because the cur- yeah. first couple of nights it was windy as fuck. I mean, it was windy, so. Yeah. Everywhere. Well, duh, it's the desert, right? And um, but you gotta love going through the sand. There sometimes you have no choice. So I ate shit like three, well, four times. I dropped a bike in camp, but a uh, couple of times were like relatively slow, like uh, fall over and you, whatever, pick the bike up. And then one time I was hauling ass and ate shit. And uh, oh, really? Like say, How oh, was that? Dude, it sucked. Um, <laughs> well, you know, it gets me every time. It's like it's like later in the day. This is my second ride of the day, so it's probably like three three thirty in the afternoon. Yeah, and it's always a long sandy downhill. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. you're like, because the thing about sand is is one of the most exhilarating feelings is when you're ripping on sand because the yeah. bike works so good. It's kind of the front, going over it. Yeah, yeah, the front tires barely touching, and the back ends dancing all over the place, and just like grooving. Yeah, and then all of a sudden you're like. Because <laughs> either you have to slow down or there's a big patch of either silt or sand in front of you, yeah. which means either pin it more, right, which you're already doing like 40, which which sounds cool until you're actually doing it, <laughs> or you slow down. Both options kind of suck. Yeah. Um, Do you yeah, big sand scoops? <clears throat> like whoops. Sand scoop tires? No. No, dude. When in doubt, <laughs> throttle out. Yeah. Well, I mean, which is true until you're doing like 35 or 40, and then you're really... 
hesitant to shift into fourth and give it more gas. <laughs> it's like it's already all it has. Speaking of which, so oh, so my, so right, I'm just along Sandy Downhill, and I'm probably doing like 20, and it's motorcycles out of the blue. Next thing I know, I'm flying through the air. I think I hit a soft thing or whatever, <laughs> and my face, my face, I only, my face totally like snow plowed through the. Sand. <laughs> oh, I wish there was a video for this. Dude, that's the only thing I remember is just snow plowing with my face. Oh my sand. god, uh, you didn't get scorpion or nothing, right? You didn't like your legs. No, no, that's no, good. No, no, no scorpion. Wow. No, that could have been really bad. Like fuck talking. up your spine, kind of thing. Yeah. You know, yeah. I've just realized <laughs> if somebody's actually listening to us for the first time this week, they're gonna, who the hell are these misfits? Every single one. <laughs> We're of all us psychos. Wanted. We're fucking <laughs> psychos. <laughs> but that's dirt bike riding, and uh, but not as bad as this dude. So I'm hanging out like at the end of the day, <laughs> oh, right? Boy. Just yeah, chilling. This is like the crash cast. I'm sipping on my brandy. I'm about to build this raging fucking like campfire and just chilling. Next thing I know, I see this guy go whipping past me, and all of a sudden, kaboom! Just this oh, no. <laughs> and I'm like, nice. oh shit! Wait, right? What did he hit? Fucking sand, dude. <laughs> it's all sand. It's all sand. He answered everything is sand, and um, so I go kind of like jogging over as best I can, and I'm the first one to him, and I realized I am ill prepared for the correct questions to ask when someone stacks like this so as i'm running over i see the guy he's rolling and attempts to get up and then lays back down i'm like that's a good sign right no that's a bad sign well no if he's not moving at all that's a bad sign so he's like yeah. all right he's rolling around like get over and i look at him i'm like you good and he's like it looks like someone hit him with a right cross he was just dazed oh no and all i could come up with that was a doozy. <laughs> <laughs> elegant. That's so elegant. Why did you do that oh, for? Dude, and he had like cartwheeled like 30 feet down oh, the thing. Oh my God. I, I would have awesome. been over there like, damn, that was rad. That's actually how I treat crashes on the range. I'm like, like start off by like making them laugh and make them relax. Like, right. like new mm -hmm. motorcycles just crash. It's like, it's like you, you treat them like a baby. Like if you freak out, they're gonna freak out. Right. But if you're yeah. like, if you're like, nice, they're like, oh, I guess I'm okay. Yeah. yeah God, that would have been a YouTube hit. Yeah. No, this guy looked like he took a right cross from Mike Tyson. He's like, which way did he go, George? <laughs> which way did he go? Which way did he go? So anyway, but yeah, so he his friends came over and sorted him out, I guess. But uh, but it's fun. It's really it's really varied riding. I mean, you think about just all sand, which there's a lot of sand, so, but there's also a lot of rock. And so this was a campground area where you had your own kind of little stalls or something, or is no, it you just straight up first camping? open desert. Yeah. yeah, you pretty much just go out there. So there's big, like huge, Burning like, Man for one. You can camp wherever. <laughs> Burning Man, man for one. Burning Man for one. And uh, so there's big, huge rock outcroppings, you know, and mm -hmm. um, and that's where a lot of the interesting writing is because there's lots of rock crawling and yeah, yeah. up and down. And then, you know, it, it's just extremely varied. You can go from hard, like one of the funnest things is just rip through the open desert where it's kind of, so it rained the night I got there. I woke up like three in the morning, it was raining and I'm like, that's boss. So when you go out the next morning, it's like, it's like, ver like I don't know, I don't ski, but like, you know, the, like when it first snows and you go skiing, it was like that. There was no tracks. The top was crispy. Nice. So you could just haul through the desert desert like wicked fast and like uh, banging off bushes and stuff and but then from that it was like rock crawling and all sorts of stuff so i've been told i haven't checked it out but i think we should and this was 20 years ago but it might still work today uh, someone i know used to go down to watsonville and go get uh to, into the river which is mostly just sandbars sandbars and he would yeah, ride sandbars. his bike up and down there that might be a place we can go and practice some sand right yeah, there nearby 
I'm That'd pretty sure cool. I'm pretty sure that if you put like a motor vehicle into a water supply in California is the death penalty. Yeah. Well, yeah. And then we're gonna right. have to work on our oh I'm sorry, didn't know. <laughs> All right, we need to get our story that was straight. Good. That was now. good. <laughs> yeah, so I, I want I I'm so afraid of sand. I want to go. I think that. every rider is, is afraid of sand to begin with because it, it just screws with your natural feel of the bike. You're like, fuck, I don't have traction. Oh my god, yeah. I'm sinking well, it. Oh my you, god, I'm. Out. Yeah, there was there were a couple of motorcyclists camping out on the lake bed with us, and like I, I saw a dude on a Victory go by, like. I've been there. Like, I have like, been there with but my then victory. A dude on a KLR six fifty was like, "Wee!" and like flew by. That, and I've like, been there with my victory. I, I went down in some silt in Idaho. It's not fun. It's and not that's fun. the problem. If you use your street uh, street skills in sand, it works against you. Oh, yeah. tell you you need it, to develop all new senses. If you saw that motherfucker Cirque du Soleil in front of me for about <laughs> <laughs> you might feel a little differently. Well, and I think that leads into this first email perfect here too this is from our friend derek ritchie hey, derek. and he Hello, says derek. i'm ready to start renting dual sports on twisted road to decide which one to buy mm-hmm. so that's great that was a suggest- suggestion we had to use twisted road to try out bikes. so he says i'm i'm going to be selling my my concourse i think i can get it like a thousand to fifteen hundred for it it's a gen one um so that'll be the down payment and so I want to get the best dual sport I can, um, and I ha- I'm going to have a budget of five to seven thousand dollars. Oh, dude, that's a good. You're gonna, yeah, you're gonna have good options. I so he wants our, our help in in, in guiding sport? him to the right dual sport. Five to seven thousand dollars. I mean, oh, that's, that's you're looking at KTM's at this point if you no, want to do it. No, I, I mean, think you know. we're we're going about this the wrong thing, Derek. Put a knobby on the front of your concourse, a yeah. paddle on the rear side. <laughs> That's close to what I'm going to be doing. 4700 in the bank. So for that amount, I mean, I've been looking at, and that is in the price range for that, um, the Honda CRF, the 250, the, is it the X? I, w- I went and looked at bikes. That bike is actually pretty good size. Right. The Which one I'm, thing that everyone has told me is that it is underpowered. So here's the question: Do you need power no, for the it's road? Just Honda power. Is this you're going to be your one bike that you, you may want to take on the freeway? So here's what I'll say: Like for if you're going to get a dirt bike, get a dual sport. I say it all the time, and I and it's not a freeway bike. A 250 is not a freeway. Yeah, right. you can go like an hour down the road. That's cool. Otherwise, I think you risk blowing it up. But um, you're also going to hate your life. What's his max cap a, on his price again? As a dirt bike, like five to seven thousand. Dude, if I was going to oh, drop five to stuff. seven grand, I would look hard at that. But CRF he's looking at a new a new or bike, get yeah. any Suzuki. The new CRF. 250 yeah I, I wouldn't rally? go yeah I wouldn't go with that one have you seen the maintenance intervals on it no you're it's talking about the CRF 450X the new one the no that 450X is over or 10 the L, grand excuse me oh, yeah. oh is it is yeah. it the 450 it's got the aluminum yeah. frame and all that yeah the 250 that looks like a rally bike if I want yeah. something okay, okay, different yeah. than the 250 I'd look at the DRZ 400 I'm, and I was the DRZ 400X yeah, I like the WR250 too just get anything from the Suzuki we don't update our models ever so they're really cheap motor company <laughs> right I, you know, I would say that too. Um, if you're going to be doing that. traveling, then you're looking at the 650s, the KLRs, the DRs, that kind of thing. If you're just going to be using it for off-road around town, you're looking at the 250s. If you want it to be the best of both worlds, the 400. You're looking at 400s or 
a KTM 500. And that's a great formula. Hey, you my know? bike's pretty good for both if you do the no required mods. No. My dude. Your bike is not technically an off-road bike. Look at the new one. It's not technically an Honda off-road Honda changed bike. everything to be dual sport. You need something smaller. No. So, so, my, so my dude, if your budget is five to seven, you really can't go wrong on Craigslist. There's... The, it's well, yes, no, you no, can. Hold on, hold on. No, no, well, no, as no, far no. as selection he goes. Yeah. Yeah. Hold on. He doesn't have that much cash. He's going to get a new bike and make payments. Oh. oh, oh go to well. just, just camp out in Harley dealerships till somebody trades in something they don't want. <laughs> no, for real. Yeah, Harley doesn't want it. They'll get rid of anything for no, cheap dude, shit. If, if, I, uh, if you're going to finance it, look at that 450 Well, or I like, yeah. I've done financing on Prosper.com where... You can uh, get a loan from there, and so there are places. I would actually but, look at getting a loan and buy a used bike I say a rather of, than a new bike. A lot of people don't know, but you can get a loan and buy. I did that. You can mm-hmm. buy private party with a loan. The bank just but gives the them the, the cash, and I would I would like to throw my ten cents in, and it just because it happened a couple of weeks back. I prepared yet another DR650, and every time I ride one of those bikes, I'm reminded about what a fucking great bike it is. Yes, if you're going to do a big trip, but not if you're going to go rip around. Oh, I don't know. They're agile. They're heavy. Very heavy. They're They're heavy, heavy. but they're narrow heavy. Would you want to take that in the sand, Jim? Well, I don't know how big this guy is. How how big is Eric? If he's he's a big dude, then a 600 may not be. If if he's been throwing a concourse around, he's used to weight. You know? Yeah, it's a DR650 that, would feel like I mean that, cause peanuts. Jim and I have done a lot of research looking at bikes, and he oh, ended up going he, with the 250. He's, so he's very well is, groomed. Yeah, the, the heavier, I mean, a 250's light. I mean, that like that 350 to 500 range is, is pretty sweet. So the KTMs or... Or the DRZ400S, which is that's the a great plated no, dirt bike. It's not the SM. It's just a plated dirt he's, bike. He's got a very handsome a decent, smile. decent, decent <laughs> bike. And I've been riding my drz 400 E, which is just a dirt bike, f- as my dirt bike for years now. Mm. So it's it's great for just dirt, but you can also really open it up. And then for p- I know people who've had the DRZ 400 SM, but I've ridden that right. on the freeway doing 80. So it's got enough juice to do everything. And I also know people who've loaded it with bags and traveled on it. Right. Yeah, and I've ridden your DRZ 400 on dirt, and it's it's a you know it's not too hard to pick up. Yeah. Because that's how I ride. And uh, so I think the DRZ 400 is a great choice. It is I, a I great like- choice. The only thing that that I think the 650 is an advantage 650 is an air cool bike mm-hmm. so remember you had that problem with the cooling on your 400 you know you can you oh can, no uh, that was the radiator oh, oh, oh but nevertheless no radiator no problem mm-hmm. so I was going to bring up the whole um, I like the rule of don't ride anything that you don't want to pick up over and over and over and over again. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But and but I, I love that rule. I love the idea of mm-hmm. using Twisted Road to try that out. And yeah. seriously, look at the KTM's. I, I <laughs> if rode, you like one, just offer uh, to buy it. <laughs> what was the one I test rode at uh, Vintage Days? I think it was the 500. It was ridiculously powerful. Mm-hmm. But you know what? In honor of his suggestion of wanting to use Twisted Road. I think we're going to give away a free Twisted Road rental oh. right now. Woot, woot. So, 
well, Austin, then. right now, right. our friend Austin at Twisted Road, he's once again given us a free rental to give away. Now, this is good for one day rental anywhere, up to three hundred and fifty dollar value. Mm. The rentals are anywhere from like I think about ninety. Why are you yeah. shaking it, Knock? Right, like three hundred fifty so, bucks, you can rent almost um, anything. And again, just a reminder: the people who are eligible are any of our Patreon subscribers at any dollar amount. Your name is in this bag. Why are you shaking it? The only other thing is you will have to get a Twisted Road account because you need to be qualified to rent someone's bike. You'll have to get a Twisted Road account. You don't have to spend money to do that. You're going to get a free day right here. So, not have you has, pulled has anybody it? noticed? How many names did you have to write down? How many Patreons I'm shaking this. It's just, it's just like 500 pages. I was going to say, say how long did it take you to do I'm, that? I'm messing the sound. Shaking the sack. You touch your no, sack. You, He's you, touching his sack. You He's appear to sack. be very happy messing with I'm that sack. I'm fondling inside the sack for a name. <laughs> Normally uh, I do that. I have removed up. the name from the sack. All right. Who is the winner? And the name from the sack is? Knock. Yeah, I wish. Bruce Philip. The Bruce Philp? Right. The name from Hold the on. sack is Bruce Philp. Give it back. <laughs> He's He's Canadian. What? They don't have it in Canada? Oh, no, no, no. But why would you put his but, name hold in? Hold on, because Maybe he wants to because Bruce is the host of This Motorcycle Life, a great podcast oh, yeah. out of Canada, oh, yeah. and a friend of ours. Oh. Bruce is cool. If you immediately disqualified. If you haven't listened to his show, give a listen. He has a great perspective, and he's much more professional than we are. I've yeah. listened. Sorry, to sorry Bruce. Yeah, but this yeah. is where we belong. Sorry, Bruce. I can't. You're not going to be able to use it up there. But you know what? Hit me up when uh, next time I see you. He, we, we saw him in Vegas. He's a cool dude. He's man. a cool Big dude. Shout out. And um, let's let's pick somebody here in the states. I have a, I have a professional interview tomorrow with Adventure Rider Radio. Is this Rider supposed Radio. to be like this American Life, like I, this motorcycle life? Because okay. it's really it's that professional. I shall remove another name from the sack. Okay. okay. It's gonna be weird being a. And the name from the sack is. Oh. What is what is it? Tom Donahue. What? Wait, what? <laughs> fucking bagel. What's up with these fucking names, man? Oh, yeah. oh. Wow. Bagel. Yeah. Do you want to rent a motorcycle on Twisted Road? Um, I don't think there's any scooters. Or on generously donate it back to you. Sh- shouldn't we all be disqualified in this room? No, no, no. I, I'd rather give it to somebody else. Okay, right, then really then tell it. you what. In his magnanimity. No, no, hold on. Yeah. Since Bruce's name was pulled first, let me make sure that Bruce isn't going to have a trip to the States where he would want to use uh, it. Yeah, you know, because a lot of times those guys, I suggest that Bruce flies to Phoenix, Arizona. How about we just... And uh, rents a boss bike and rides up to see us. And if Bruce can't use it, then we will do another drawing next week. How about that? All right. That works. I think okay. that's fair. That, are we, thank you. So Bruce, am I done finding the sack? Yeah, give me my sack I think you got to call Bruce out. Get, if your, we don't get, see get your hand you out of Eliza's sack. On that Twisted Road motorcycle. <laughs> Bruce, I will reach out to you, uh, but congratulations. There's, and just remember, if you want to rent from Twisted Road, it's a great place to, if you're traveling, rent a bike, or if you want to try some out to see if you want to buy it. They this got amazing motorcycles. There's no there. free weed in this sack, unfortunately. <laughs> so I think we have got time for one more email. Who has a good one they want to read? This is a really good one. All right, Isaac, go ahead. All right. So this is from Lloyd Hudson in Minneapolis, Minnesota. I'm going to start with the end, which is what bikes he has, so it doesn't get lost. He's been riding 40-odd years, currently owns four bikes, 2007 SV650, 2013 ZX6R for the track, 2013 Bergman 650 for stealth commuting, nice. and, a, and a 2015 KTM 1290 Super Duke R. 
And his up the butt bike is a 1966 Honda RC 166, the six cylinder 250. Yeah, that's a good choice. All right. Into what he, this is a really awesome email. So, dear misfits, per the discussion about rider aids in episode number 286, most of the arguments made reminded me of similar statements made back when ABS started to appear on motorcycles. Lots of older riders proclaimed that this would lead to poorer skilled riders on the road and that those people would crash when their newfangled ABS stopped working. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Many of these older riders also claimed that they could stop better than any ABS system ever could. Fast forward 20 odd years and now many diehard touring riders won't buy a bike without ABS. The realization that top ra- ride, uh, racers use very sophisticated ABS and traction control to manage tire wear and turn faster lap time became popular knowledge among riders I know. And those systems became more refined and robust as they trickled down from the racing and automotive worlds. Also, compared to modern machines, many older motorcycles didn't need as many electronic rider aids as they were significantly down on power and had their own anti-skid technology like drum brakes and more primitive disc brakes. (laughs) I can speak to that. We have a Nighthawk, which I don't think you could skid if you tried. Yeah. Another point to bring up are all the advanced systems modern commercial and military aircraft use. Pilots do learn to do without them, but in controlled situations like simulators where passengers and people on the ground aren't in danger. Is there a way to transfer that idea to motorcycles? I'd suggest track days are the best way to really learn how to deal with tense situations as the environment is controlled and the potential harm to innocent bystanders is minimized. Rather than having a beginner relegated to a motorcycle that doesn't have ABS and traction control, I'd rather take them to the track and let them learn to push the envelope someplace that has no cars and lots of runoff area. I think that's a really good point. I, so yeah. uh, you guys know Scott, our uh, local instructor mm-hmm. that comes in yeah. for the podcast. He sent me a message after he listened to our last <clears throat> podcast. Scott who? Scott Dennis Nelson. Nelson. Yeah. Oh, I don't actually know. He was with us up at the dirtbag. In the CMSP class, he teaches novel, novice, novices um, to only have hand on the front brake while they're using it. Don't cover the brake in class. And they use bikes without ABS. What they do is they have the students lock up their front wheel for a foot or two and then tell them to back off a bit. So you know where that limit is and now you know not to hit it. So that's what his input uh, was. That's Does not say that you should not upgrade to ABS because it is better than your instincts. No, but when you I now know. I'm saying wheel, I teach shit. that class and we don't have people lock up the front wheel <laughs> on purpose. Say, I, I know you guys don't. Wheel. I'm going. Yeah. You guys don't. Um, and the more advanced levels, if he teaches mm. the intermediate or the or the advanced class, they might. The, yeah. the more advanced levels they coach to to get about a two inch skid at the end. Mm-hmm. If generally we try and a rear wheel skid, fine, but we try and avoid front wheel skid like the plague. Right. Um, yeah. But yeah, they teach threshold braking and they say get a bike we say get a bike with abs because then you can practice threshold braking with even less concern i'm i'm actually going to go so far as to say i think one of the best ways to get become a top rider is ride a scooter and follow bagel anywhere yeah, yeah i'm gonna second that, <laughs> that that's a good, good way, way to die I, I i bow to bagels superior everything if you can I follow him that. on a scooter yeah. you, you're gonna be good on anything else if you right. think you ride hard yeah. ride with bagel yeah, yeah. No, I, I think he brings up a really good point though because it's it uh, yeah like the people did say basically stuff like that when abs showed up and i missed the conversation still yeah. see it now but, yep. yeah but um like abs is life-saving hey like, i yeah. used it on Thursday night, I oh. was really surprised how fast my bike stopped when I was in, in that intersection. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. The, yeah, the times I've eaten shit yeah. and locked up the front brake. I mean, I, I will yeah. say that, that um, I don't know, it's just contra to his letter. But Why uh, are you pointing at that beer? 
you know, Why not a lot of, uh, Conjures that letter. Uh, uh, far as I know, track racers or people who do race don't use ABS, uh, but they do use traction control. Yeah, their traction. Yeah, they don't. It's a different kind of have system. ABS. Yeah, well, but. it it it's the whole sort of overall package of the bike there is abs on it there's traction control there's your control there's throttle control mm. all of these I, think the I think he's right engine braking control. i think he's right i don't think they actually have all ABS. of these electronic systems are designed for a certain type of riding but, you don't yeah. want abs off-road well yeah, or on a track no uh, they like, do have but, abs that um the the fucking uh, uh use your well, words well put. your words not. <laughs> <laughs> only Remember, three beers in and you can't even form a sentence hold on. the guy at fucking eichma who said that the dual brake guy? No, the, the well, sorry. dual sports will often have ABS that you can switch off. The V Storm that had the oh, the storm, yeah, 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 that you could yeah. take off road and yes. it automatically adjusts based on uh, wheel yeah, spin the bias. smart yeah the smart yeah, technology possible. yeah you're right ABS, so so and I got one more message I want to read and this one is pretty cool this one isn't an email it came a Facebook message mm-hmm. okay. and this is from Hal Young uh, not hey, do you know who that is in the picture? Uh, is that Gary McCoy? That is Gary McCoy. That is the real Gary McCoy. The real so, McCoy. So, for those who don't know, it, was it Faster that he was in? He was in Faster. I so, believe. Gary the McCoy was a MotoGP racer um, who was the first one who really brought sliding the rear wheel into racing, which everyone does now. At the mm. time he did it. Backing it in. Backing it in. He's he's that guy. Uh, well, he was, no, it people were doing it, like but he backing was, it in while coming up to the turn. Well, he was power sliding into and out of the turn wow. on like one wheel, and he made it look amazingly awesome. Knock your nipples are getting hard. Oh yes, of course. Uh, <laughs> he's one of the guys you'd say he's the man. Yes, he's the man. So um, our friend Hal uh, was at a um, uh, in Melbourne, uh, Australia, at a Moto Expo, and he got to meet Gary McCoy. And he he explained to Gary about the Motorcycles and Misfits podcast and how wonderful the Misfits are for the motorcycle community in the U.S., worldwide, and Australia. But he didn't know how podcasts work, so he helped him out by downloading our site onto his iPhone. Oh, hi, Gary! <laughs> hi, I think you're amazing! <laughs> so there you go. Thank you, Hal, and right hi, Gary, That's is what hey, I have Gary, to say. Right on. Awesome. <laughs> you, you the man. You the man is right. So yeah, thank you very much for sending that message. That is so cool, and I love this idea of going up to people and just physically putting <laughs> putting our show on their phone. So I, in fact, I'm like going to go ahead and do that. Number in somebody's phone. <laughs> so, so the man rode uh, two-stroke uh, GP 500 bikes, and there was a oh. segment where he was talking about, and I think it was in Faster, mm-hmm. where he's uh, he would come in into turn sliding, and as he's coming out, he was also sliding as well. But as he was coming out, as he was applying power, he was doing a wheelie while sliding out of a corner. What? This, and it was, and, and he said it's one of the most fantastic things you can feel. There's wow. a couple of movies about that era. You go back. Yeah. There's a couple of the Unwritables, yeah. um, and it talks about the two-stroke GP era, oh. late '80s, early '90s, and it's fucked, dude. When you watch what those guys put their bodies through, mm. it's definitely different than GP today. Wow. <laughs> Wow. So yeah, they high sided a lot you. more than that. That's all they did was high side. Mm-hmm. Thank you for sending those in. And we want to give a thanks to our Patreon subscribers. Oh, you guys are the best. Because Thank you. of you, we got a new fridge in the shop. Oh. And it is stocked. Wow. Yeah, yeah. That old yeah. fridge was a soldier. That thing marched yeah. on. It, for it quite died. Some time. So I went and used uh, Patreon money and bought a new fridge, and it's bigger. Cool. And Should, it's better. Can we make a chariot out of the old one? Uh, sh- yeah, that's a, <laughs> that's great, a great idea. idea right? 
Oh my God, mini fridge racing? Right? Yeah. Dude. Oh, we need yeah. another one. So Dude, you just sit I've in got the fridge? Ca- I've got casters. Let's put casters on it. Fuck oh, yeah. Mini fridge racing, I think, is something we need to start. Oh, uh, where's Cat when I'm you all over it? this. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks again to our Patreon subscribers and to all our listeners and everyone who emailed us and to Theo who showed up and just sat there quietly staring at me. <laughs> hey, Theo, what's up? Not much. I don't want to get dick punched. <laughs> yeah. Dude, no, I'm covering up. Off. Wait, <laughs> is there some dick punching? I might, I, may, I might have made some threatening gestures when his phone uh, made a sound. Those are oh, not that's what that's I'm not, I don't want to be Mike. Mike got dick punched the most, I think. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know. So um, thanks again, everyone, for listening. Um, go to MotorcyclesAndMisfits.com. You'll find the links to everything there, to our YouTube page, to our Zazzle page if you want to get a sweatshirt or t-shirt and I'm just going to throw this out there now this is kind of an early announcement but I am designing a new shirt and we are next month going to be doing a run of shirts and sweatshirts so I will be taking orders for those so this is going to be stuff that's going to be a little bit better quality than what's on Zazzle and uh, we'll do some hoodies and t-shirts and uh, I'm just going to say I'm finally breaking my my, I don't know what you said. I was going to say, I'm never doing that again. And I said, I'm never going to have a black t shirt because there's too many black t shirts out there. Well, I'm doing a black t shirt. Cool. Hmm. But Knox designing the design and it's going to be completely different. And I'm kind of stoked about it. Is it a big saggy piece? Can, can we have more pressure, man? <laughs> like, Jesus. Kind of just, just take the one you like, drew in all the papers. Because I love you those. Know, uh, yeah, they're really maybe, nice. They're the maybe. nicest ones we've had. So go on to Motorcycles and Misfits. Dot com. Find everything there and uh, keep an eye out because I will be announcing when we're ready to start taking orders for the new shirts. Mm-hmm. Um, and thanks again to everyone who showed up here who already left, but there's still a bunch of us here. So let's uh, let's say goodnight and get out of here. Thanks again for listening. This is Eliza. This is Isaac. Smoke-free weed every day. Every day. <laughs> <laughs> Bagel. Emma Darling. Z Traveler. Phil Waters. <laughs> Theo. And we're out of here. Cool. Bye. Cool.